Welcome to the 100th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and the general grievous to my General Kenobi, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? How does it go? General Kenobi, it goes quite well, Simon Eady. It's nice to hear from you today for our 100th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. And I am here to tell all you listeners that this will be our final episode for, uh, for I don't know, who, who knows how long. We're going on a little hiatus, Simon. However, that doesn't mean that we won't be doing other things. We'll still be doing some closer look episodes on upcoming films, Jurassic World being one of them. Um, and you know, maybe, uh, maybe we'll start this, uh, thing back up, you know, in a, in a few months in a few years and in, in, in a few decades, who knows, maybe we'll be at the same retirement home together. I don't know. Do you? I don't, I don't know, nice. honestly. And it, 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 I mean, it's quite sad that we're kind of doing a hiatus here cause we don't know how necessarily how long this will go, but, uh, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Cause I'm, I'm happy to talk to you on those, a closer look bonus episodes where we spoil certain things like Jurassic world or. Thor, Love and Thunder. In a sort of deep dive review. So Yeah, it's true, Simon. The, the real question is, though, Simon. Yeah? Will we talk outside this podcast if we go on hiatus? Do we break the rule? Uh, I don't know. For, for right now, I'm going to say no. Yeah. Um, but I guess uh, I guess the audience might find out if we, uh, if we ever launch episode 101. But I guess that's to be determined. Okay. In other words. But Adrian, we also have with us, arguably... Split Focus's number one fan and the master writer inner himself on the podcast directly, Kenneth Stadelbauer. How are you, sir? How are you? Well, Mr. McKeady, I'm really well. Oh, my goodness. Mick, McKeady. Is that, is that a McDonald's reference? Mm hmm. That's to honor your Scottish heritage. Oh, why you, why you got to do that to me? Wait. Boom roasted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the man who shut off the podcast because of my Scottish accent during episode ninety-eight is is on the podcast himself. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's get right into it. Let's just get right into it. Break Ken in with a quick little news story, like a quick bite news story, right off the hop here. This was a pretty big week for news stories, honestly, and there's a lot to talk about this week. Yeah, there's a lot that went on. Like what, Simon? Well, for one thing, there's a there were a lot of Star Wars announcements, but we're going to get to that in the news. But there was also some announcements about Stranger Things because it's coming out. Um, well, it came out actually already, technically. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. So Stranger Things Season 4 Part 1 came out to Netflix on Friday, I guess, the day before we are – or actually the day of we are uh, recording this. Mm -hmm. And the Duffer Brothers actually referred to Stranger Things Season 4 as the Game of Thrones season, which I thought was interesting. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Does this mean similar style or they're killing everybody off? Well, let me tell you. Oh. I actually know the reason why they're calling it the Game of Thrones season. You guys ready for this? Yes. You guys ready? Oh, I'm ready. So 
one of the Duffer brothers, I forget which one, but one of them, uh, had a little interview done. I got this off Collider, this quote, but I don't think the interview was done by Collider, so apologies in advance. But um, I, I kind of uh, took a little bit from his quote because in within this quote, there are spoilers for previous seasons. So I want to just be, you know, I want to maintain a rule, no spoilers uh, all the way until episode 100, unless it's for, uh, which movie did we spoil? Oh, no, show. We spoiled the show. Which show was it? Gotham. Uh, other than Gotham. We didn't really. We don't spoil things. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We didn't really, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but one of the Duffer brothers said uh, about the, the, the season four that we kind of jokingly call it our Game of Thrones season because it's so spread out. So I think that's what's unique or most unique about the season. Um, and then the, the quote, uh, you know, a little ellipses here because some spoilers um, were spoken. And then he goes back. So we have these three storylines that are all connected and kind of interwoven together, but it's just very different tones. So I think what the uh, Duffer Brothers gentleman is saying is that similar to Game of Thrones, how there's so many um, things going on, there's multiple storylines consistently going that are kind of, you know, that eventually connect or, or, uh, you know, have, uh, have impact on the other stories going on. Um, That's kind of what they're doing with this next season of Stranger Things. And I can definitely see how they're going to do that. Um, considering where things left off in Stranger Things season three, um, but this is pretty cool. Like I, uh, my my first thought when I saw this, I, uh, I was like, "Oh no, does this mean that they're just going to kill off a bunch of kids?" Kind of like Ken mentioned, um, which I am all for, obviously. <laughs> oh, but um, but yeah, I was uh, I, I was kind of like curious, but yeah, I guess it's just in terms of having uh, storylines go go on ahead. But yeah, what do you guys think of this, uh, Ken? Personally, uh, it's definitely different having the seasons split up. Kind of gives you a chance to uh, revisit uh, some of the episodes before it continues. And from the trailer, this looks like it's going to be my favorite season. Mm. Uh, why is that? Like any any particular reason, man? Well, I guess it can't be a spoiler because uh, the uh, trailer has pretty well shown it. But it looks like there's a central character that uh, will be like an 80s slasher type. Oh, nice. And that's one of my favorite genres. Uh, grew up in that generation, I guess. So hmm. cool. But I, I like what they've done with the uh, taking the uh, feeling of the time period for each season. So this is going to be set in my favorite time period as well. So it's going to be great. Hmm. Yeah, it's neat. Yeah, I'm excited for this season. I've got so many shows backlogged, though, honestly, that I don't know when I'm going to. Ah, this one, I might probably just take a break from other shows to watch. I'm not even sure. Because this one I watched with my girlfriend, so I feel like there's probably room to to stop for Stranger Things, whatever else we're watching. But mm. I don't know about you, Adrian. Are you geared up to watch this like right away? Um, I don't know, man. Honestly, like, yeah, I, I got quite a bit of a backlog as well. Um, once we get to what we're watching, I'll let you guys know what like what I'm currently watching because of like a subscription service I have. But I do plan to probably jump into that once I'm caught up on the one thing that I'm currently watching. Um, Because, yeah, I don't know, like Stranger Things, it's one of those like things that I feel like anytime it comes around, people are talking about it. And it's just nice to be a part of that conversation. So, yeah. Why the hell not? You know what I mean? True. And there's like more chances for spoilers on various social media platforms when a lot of people Mm -hmm. are buzzing about something, too. Yeah. I feel like. But, but yeah. Okay. When I do watch it, I think it's going to be uh, just back to back in a 24 hour period. Yeah. Cool. Ken, are you a fan of binging series or are you open to that week to week sort of? 
It depends on the series and my mood. Uh, some of them are deliberately paced that uh, setting them up in a weekly format works. Other ones, it's just I eat them like candy. Mm. Interesting. Actually, that's a great question that I feel like I've never asked Ken in person. That's What, what about Book of Boba Fett? Did you? Wa- I'm guessing you all. It's Star Wars. You probably watched it as it went. But would you have preferred it to watch it all at once? In a binge-like fashion. No, that one, I I, I think the pacing uh, lent enough that uh, I could watch it weekly. The other thing I was doing, which is probably insane, is watching each episode twice. So, mm. Oh, yeah, true. That Adrian specifically called out Moon Knight as probably the show. I feel like, Adrian, I, I might be wrong on this, but I feel like you didn't like the most that it was week to week. Mm-hmm. What about Moon Knight? Because I know, Ken, you really love Moon Knight and that character in the comics. Would you have preferred... <laughs> That Moon Knight had been all in one chunk, just launched all, what is it, six episodes? Okay, that one's not fair. Uh, I understand why they did it in the format they did it. However, yeah, I would have binged the hell out of that. Okay. Mm. But do you think on a stylistic standpoint, they maybe it would have benefited as well? I know you would have loved to binge it, binge it because you love Moon Knight, but do you think it would have been more successful on a stylistic standpoint too i'm curious actually what you've said on a previous episode would have worked better in this case because the the series this is more depth than we should get into for it but the series uh borrowed from uh different incarnations of the moon knight and comics what they should have done is released it in two or three episode bits to match the uh period of moon knight that they were using because the stories while it's one continuous story, there are bits of it that do fit better together than others. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's fair. And this is something that you would only know. Like we don't have that experience. That's actually I feel like I, I failed to I described you in a joking manner to start, but the, the great thing about having you in the show is that you're an expert in I mean, you saw Star Wars, I think. Am I wrong? You saw Star Wars, Star Wars in theaters when it came out, right? Like the original Star Wars. I saw um Star Wars opening weekend in the drive in. Uh, okay. With my family, uh, I've I've seen probably each of them opening night or opening weekend, mm. including the uh, remastered ones. I took my son to see those ones, so he would see them opening night. Yeah. So in terms of like the fandom aspects of especially some of the Marvel properties and Star Wars, I feel like it's an honor to have you here for that because we can we can just keep jumping off of you when we eventually talk about Star Wars, etc. But it's good to have your perspective. In other words, mm-hmm. I'm not more knowledgeable. I'm just old, wiser. Well. Moon Knight, you're certainly wiser, as Adrian points out. I feel like that's well, that's for sure true. I don't have many of them, just you know, from the first appearance on. Mm. Oh wait, right? No, I don't have every comic, but I do have uh, bits and pieces of them since uh, he first appeared in Werewolf by Night. Hmm. Cool. All right. Okay. Actually, this is a good spot to go to what we've been watching. I think, uh, Adrian, what do you think? I think you have like 15 things listed here, so maybe you should go first. Yeah, you know what? I'll I'll kind of rapid fire through a couple of these things. So I can't remember. Was it last week where I said I didn't watch anything? Or was uh, it the week prior? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I overcorrected a bit um, this week. Um, I watched quite a bit of stuff. Oh. I finished Ozark Season 4, which is its final season. The second part released on Netflix a couple weeks back. Uh, I decided to, you know, jump into it and binge it over the course of like a day or two. And I just got to say, this show is so freaking good. I think this is just one of those shows that Netflix really knocked it out of the park with. They got an amazing cast with, you know, Jason Bateman and Laura Linney in particular. Um, An amazing, you know, writing team, an awesome story going forward, a constant 
you know, buildup of tension in every single scene. Um, you know, Jason Bateman in particular, uh, like how he's playing Marty uh, throughout the show, this calm and, you know, collected individual that's kind of, you know, laundering money for the drug cartel, you know, going into these wild situations every time and somehow managing to figure a way out more, more often than not is, is just brilliant storytelling. And again, uh, seeing Laura Linney's uh, character, um, honestly, from season one all the way to the end of season four and the, the way that character develops as everything progresses um it's it's uh, honestly just a very awesome show it's i would argue it's probably netflix's best show um Ooh, you know wow. yeah i don't know if it's my favorite because uh for me honestly bojack horseman is just it holds such a special place in my heart it's th- that to me is just peak comedy it's brilliant it's it's funny it's well animated all that sort of stuff but i think ozark for the large uh, larger masses i think it's probably the most uh, appealing show and yeah i would make the argument that it is the best show that um, netflix has had and i'm very happy to say that it you know ended brilliantly it wasn't you know a disappointing finish they stuck the landing and um, as a result i can highly recommend this series to anyone that likes these sort of crime dramas um, and yeah, I really loved it. Did you get a chance to watch it yet, Simon? This is the problem I've been talking about. It's this backlog that's incessant. I'm so mm. behind and I'm trying to finish Mr. Robot, but to finish Mr. Robot, I couldn't remember what happened in season three. So I went back to start season three over again, which Ooh. is definitely, I feel like a good choice just because that is so well made. Like, man, it's so well written and directed. There's this I don't know if you ended up watching season three, Adrian, but... I didn't know. There's this one... Oh, you didn't. There's this one uh, scene in... I think it's the fifth episode or the fourth episode in which it's like all in one shot and it's it's like 10 minutes. It's it's remarkable. It's absolutely awesome. I just... I don't know. This show is so good. I'm so happy I'm watching it again, or at least season three again, gearing up for season four of Mr. Robot. That's the Rami Malek starring like uh, almost hacking thriller series like created by Sam Esmail, who I, I mean, I'm, I'm on board for anything he makes pretty much, especially if he's writing and directing it like he did with Mr. Robot. But honestly, I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time. And so mm. I'm more excited. I feel like for movies coming out because of the fact that I'm so behind in the shows that I haven't watched. There's Barry on HBO. Haven't even started. Yeah, me neither. Didn't even think to start it. Better Call Saul, Adrian. Ooh, uh, I, I feel like you're going to talk about that in a moment. Just I am. Know, I'm not. I'm not psychic. It's in the document right in front of me. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of my my problem. But I'm very excited to finish Ozark. But also, I'm kind of sad because I know that the show is amazing, and I know this was Jason Bateman's baby, and like he he directed a, like a lot of the episodes. I think he directed the last two. No, this is the end. Yeah, I think he directed the last last two of season four. I could be wrong, but you can correct me if you know the answer. I don't remember. Um, but he also directed it. He didn't only star in it, which is really cool. And like he, he put, I feel like everyone involved put their heart and soul into making it. So mm-hmm. it's clearly got a lot of attention to detail. Yeah, definitely. And uh, a lot of blue, a lot of blue palette. That's for sure. Ooh. But I'm going to be sad to see it go is my point. Cause it's great. Yeah. It's very well done. Ken, did you ever watch it with Ark? I don't know. I have not, but uh, I, I'm kind of strange with uh, shows. I don't know if you, you recall me telling you about my Breaking Bad story. I waited until the entire show or the, the entire series was done, mm. started watching it, and then just bought all the seasons and binge watched the entire thing. Oh, ah, okay, cool. Uh, I'll probably do much the same with Ozark, where I'll, I'll sit down and watch it from beginning to end. 
uh, on that line, I mean, Better Call Saul might be the one to do that for next, just because that's ooh. ending too. And that's absolutely amazing. That's arguably my favorite show airing right now. And Adrian, I feel like you have more to say on that. So I'll throw it to you. I do, Simon. So uh, the final season of Better Call Saul is currently airing and and the first part of that final season has now uh, finished. Uh, It's coming back in late July. So um, I cannot wait for it. These seven episodes that they've aired on AMC, I I picked up an AMC plus subscription through Amazon Prime video, actually, because you can just add that channel on. I had like a month trial there because I actually used the month trial back in the day on Apple TV. How much? How much? So in Canada, uh, I think it's like 10 bucks. I don't know. It might be a little bit less. Yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, I, I was watching Better Call Saul week to week. Um, and again, the show is just absolutely brilliant. Um, the way this final season in particular is building up to Breaking Bad, because, you know, Better Call Saul is a prequel to Breaking Bad. It's setting up so many things that it's like, oh, shit, like this is where this comes to fruition in in Breaking Bad and kind of what they're setting up with all these, you know, recurring characters and stuff. And you're finally finding out the fates of so many individuals that are that are in Better Call Saul that don't show up in Breaking Bad, um, which is kind of very exciting. And it somehow... In this entire show, it knows how to balance this tension um, of even characters you know that survive, that you know are in Breaking Bad. Every time there's a scene with them and they're in a dangerous position, for whatever reason, at least for me, my brain forgets that, oh, yeah, they make it out of this alive. Um, <laughs> and I, for whatever reason, I just think the writing in, in the show is just so brilliant that I, I can get fooled every single time. And when these characters get into these like incredible, you know, dangerous situations, I'm just like, oh man, they could die even though there's literally no way they could. And I just, I, I agree with you, Simon. I think this is probably my favorite show that is airing as well. It's, it's so well done. It's um, brilliantly acted from all par- parties involved, like uh, Ray Seahorn um, and uh, you know uh, Bob Odenkirk. Their chemistry on screen together throughout the series is just really great. I love how their relationship developed over these past like six seasons, and I'm just very excited to see where these final six episodes go. I will say though, and I don't think I've ever really had this experience with Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad. There was one scene in particular where one character does a very foolish, like makes a very foolish decision, which I felt was out of place um, for the show and for the character. And I'm I'm curious if you'll pick up on it as well, Simon, when you inevitably watch it. Okay. Where I, I just thought like, oh, why the hell is this guy doing that? Like, that's a dumbass uh, decision. I don't, I don't understand why they would ever do such a thing. But other than that, one moment in you know this like seven hour um seven hours that i've watched i uh i have nothing but good things to say and goddamn the way this mid-season finale also ends uh is just nuts and again it just makes you just want more and more of this fucking show man um and yeah yeah that, that's that's really what, what i want to mention about better call Saul, which actually kind of ties into the next thing I'm watching, because I brought up how Better Call Saul knows how to balance, you know, even with these characters that you know that survive. Um, I hate to break your segue. Oh, but sorry. One thing I will just say to just get to Ken, get Ken to watch it because he likes Breaking Bad. The balance of the comedy and the in the drama in that show is just brilliant. It's one of the best things about it that's surprising because it's so dark, right, Adrian? Like, I mean, 
Yeah. It's incredibly dark, but the funny parts are so surprising. But obviously, Bob Bo Odenkirk is like a comedian at heart mm-hmm. for like, you know, his history of being an like, improv comedian, et cetera. But I just think that, I don't know, based on Ken's love of comedy, I think mm-hmm. Ken, you'll, lo- you'll love it. But I don't know. We'll see, I guess. I actually have watched the first two seasons. It's just- Oh, you did? I, I've fallen off. Oh. So again, it's going to be one of those things where I binge. To be brutally honest, uh, because of the spacing between the seasons, I kind of fell off of it. So yeah. once again, once everything's together, I'll probably watch them all at once. Cool. Sounds good. Sorry to interrupt your segue there, Adrian. You were going to say that you watched something else because you've been watching Better Call Saul, and that is? The Walking Dead, Season 11, Part 2. AMC Plus, uh, baby. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, honestly, like I just have I have like another, like I don't know. 10 days left of my AMC Plus subscription. So I may as well watch the you know second part of season 11 um, of The Walking Dead since it's on that subscription service. And you know I don't want to just keep paying for it. Um, so I canceled my subscription, but I, I decided to jump into The Walking Dead season 11. Um, like this, this second part, because I watched the first back in like January, February, whenever it was airing. And um, this show, it, again, it, I, I, I kind of want to relate it to Better Call Saul is, it's funny because the Walking Dead, you know, creators and AMC spoiled some characters, you know, uh, in terms of like their survivability. You know, these like with four characters in particular that uh, are going to have a spinoff show. Now, one of which, um, you know, isn't a part of it. The the Carol Daryl spinoff and then the Negan Maggie spinoff. So whereas Better Call Saul can, you know, build that tension and hold and make the viewer kind of worry about characters that you even know that you know survive the walking dead does not do that because these characters these four characters that i know for a fact are going to live get put in these dangerous situations and my brain can't help but like think ah they're gonna be fine like i got nothing to worry about with these guys and i feel like it's kind of ruining the season for me which i hate to say because i really liked the first part of season one or sorry uh, season 11 um and season one yeah yeah man I'm, me too i'm going all the way back baby um but it, it it sucks and i think there's also just like i'm watching the walking dead season 11 part two while i just finished ozark season four which is brilliant and better call Saul, you know uh the first part of the it's final season which is just phenomenal and then i'm jumping into this show which just isn't nearly as good isn't nearly as well written and it's making me kind of pay more attention to these flaws because I think one of the things Walking Dead always did well is nobody's safe. You're always worried about every single person. But realistically, you know, f- there four of the characters I actually care about, I know are going to live. So whenever they're in a dangerous situation, it's like, who cares? And honestly, every other character that's around, the vast majority of them, I'm fine if they all die. Like, I literally, <laughs> I'm just like, oh. yeah, whatever. Um, so... I'm kind of disappointed about that. I wish um, I wish I didn't. I wish it wasn't like I, I'm, I wish I wasn't being so down on it, because, again, I feel like Walking Dead finally found its uh, strive again, stride again. Um, I was enjoying it, but I think, yeah, just watching it so close to these two other amazing shows and them revealing that four characters are for sure going to live. It's uh, it's really taken away from it. I'm sorry to say. Oh, that's disappointing. Well, I have to admit, I, I dropped off at season nine. Mm. I just. I find it hard to keep following. I may pick it up again, but I am looking forward to Walking Dead with accents. I think that's going to be different. Oi! I love the queen! You think we're going to see a queen um, zombie? 
the zombie Elizabeth Queen Elizabeth the zombie. Okay, uh, you meant a monarch. I was just thinking a cross-dressing uh, zombie. Uh, it kind of lost me for a second. Oh yeah, fair enough. <laughs> this is the Daryl and Carol show. I'm assuming you're talking about because it's taking place in Europe. Yeah, Walking Dead with accents. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm still convinced that uh, Carol will join them after the first season's over or second season's over. Maybe. They'll just keep that going indefinitely, too. I don't know that that show is supposed to continue forever. I, I don't know that that's their plan. That's the question, because I think the the Negan... Well, I don't know. I just got the impression, but the Negan and... What's her name? Maggie. Maggie, Maggie series uh, that's taking place in New York, which is a great place to be said. It's weird that they haven't taken... There's been no seasons in New York yet for this mm-hmm. show, but... Um, I feel like that show is just one season. Isn't it going to be a limited limited series? I feel like, I don't know, how long can they keep this running? I don't know. Well, I thought Fear of the Walking Dead wasn't going to keep on going, and it st- stuck with us like that rash from high school. So Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I will. I still stand by that I think season three of Fear of the Walking Dead is the best season of any Walking Dead that I've watched. I still stand by that statement, genuinely. Wow. I think I made it to the end of two and went no more. But Yeah. That's fair. I loved season three of Fear the Walking Dead, but then they decided to just ruin it with season four. They switched their showrunners and just took the show in a complete different direction. And everything that they set up in the previous season, they just shat on, which is unfortunate, but alas. I'm almost surprised that you stopped watching it, Ken, because of your uh, your makeup work. I just felt like that was pretty much all I was watching it for. <laughs> okay, it's- that makes sense. Because you love the make like the makeup in a lot of these any of these properties, but The Walking Dead is like a friggin' feast, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if you've noticed the pattern or I, or if I've commented on it before, but uh, as the seasons go on, the uh, zombies actually show signs of atrophy more. The eyes start crystallizing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start growing uh, uh, organic boners. Yeah boners as well mm-hmm. but uh organic things in their bodies and that like uh plants and that start taking over it's just the makeup is clever as hell i wish the writing uh, followed suit mm-hmm. yeah yeah the nice part about the makeup for walking dead with accents is at least they don't have to do uh like they don't have to worry too much about the makeup for like the teeth and stuff for the walkers in britain well exactly and when they get to france and that it's just okay throw a beret on the uh, zombie and you're good <laughs> sure yeah. People trying to bash them with a croissant. Cheese on my croissant. If they ever get to France, they got to have a, a walker walking around with a baguette, right? Stuck to his hand? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Actually uh, doing the Hollywood thing where he's dragging a bag with the baguette sticking out of it because everybody who shops in France seems to carry groceries like that. Mm. How many years has this been though? Like what would bread be like after like five years? Or... Moldy. Like, it's been a long time. Very moldy. <laughs> I don't think so. It'd be zombie bread. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd become, yeah, it's alive. It's got little arms. Yeah, the unbread. It's pickle Rick. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Aha. Brett, Brettle Rick, I guess. Yeah. Was that, sorry, were you just, just going to do a Rick, pickle Rick impression, but your impression was, Aha. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. I'm glad you picked up on it. Well, it's incredible because I don't remember him saying aha in the Pickle Rick episode of Rick and Morty. But anyway, aha, I am Pickle Rick. Is that what he said? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm the Joker, baby. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. Um. Okay. Kenneth, what did you watch this week, my friend? What did you watch? Well, I'm a little less interesting in that. Uh, Watching a couple of the trailers, specifically the uh, trailer for Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which is ironic because I'm the one who usually says don't talk about games on here, but it, it does look intriguing. 
and then other than that, I've been watching a lot of stuff from the 30s to 70s. Like I just watched uh, hold on, Day Ken, of the Races hold on, again. Hold on, Ken. Sorry. Apologies to Kenneth Saddlewire for talking about video games. Continue. <laughs> oh, thank you. Sorry, Kenneth Saddlewire. But uh, I'm at a, a thing where I'm not wanting to see anything new, and I'm just dragging up uh, stuff from when I was younger or decades before I was born and rewatching it. Oh, cool. Okay. Sounds good. Huh? I have a lot of movies. <laughs> so we're talking like uh, the, the early 1800s or? Oh. Um, I think the earliest one I have is something like 1910. Ugh. Oh, okay. Sounds good. You were just saying 50 years younger than yeah. you, so I, I was just trying to guess. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I, you're not thinking, I feel like you're not taking these jokes that well. What's going on here? <laughs> Sorry, Ken. I, was, I wasn't looking to insult you. Uh, I thought you would. Oh, all right. I thought you would, you know, zing me back or something. That's okay. I think if you saw me in half and counted the rings, you'd find I'm even older than that. Mm. Oh, okay. There we go. You just right. watching uh, Citizen Kane on repeat there, Ken? I know how much yeah. you love it. Oh, for shizzles. Yeah. For me, it's uh, Sea in the Rain, uh, Adventures of Robin Hood. Those ones never, I never tire of. Yeah. Mm. And then any of the Groucho Marx movies, obviously. Never heard of them. Is uh, Carl's brother, didn't you know that? Yeah, what? <laughs> that was not your joke. I've never heard of him is not the joke from before. Adrian? <laughs> What happened to bringing it back, buddy? Come on. Bring it back, back, baby. He left it for me to bring it back. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that worked out, actually. Yeah, I guess you you alley-ooped it to Ken. But Mm -hmm. I make the highlight reel. Yes, yes, indeed. Sports references. Very good, very good. (laughs) But yeah. Uh, Wait, so the trailer you brought up was Star Wars Jedi Survivor. What about – there's so many good trailers this week. What about the – There's a lot of trailers, but uh, you said what – what am I watching recently in that? It's like all the other ones I've watched as they come out. Mm. I just thought the Thor one was this week. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Thor Love and Thunder? I know. Oh, Thor. That I broke my own policy. I actually watched it. I I, I don't know if you recall me constantly saying, okay, I watched the first trailer or teaser and nothing after because I don't want to get spoiled. Right. And I just got every social media I have has been bombarding me with the new Thor trailers up, the new Thor trailers up. So right. I finally clicked and watched it. Yeah. What do you got? What did you guys think about it? I'm, I'm curious. Um, yeah. Ken. Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. Adrian. Sorry, Adrian, please go ahead. You know what? I've been here way longer than Ken. You give it to me first, Simon. Okay. <laughs> well, my mistake. <laughs> We're ending this properly. <laughs> Look, man, you didn't write Thor Love and Thunder in your damn thing here. There's a there's a section for it in the document, and you didn't write it in, so I'm just assuming that you don't care about it. Hey, Adrian, there's no reason to get Thor about this, okay? Oh. oh. Uh, no, I, I totally forgot about the Thor 4, the fourth Thor starring Gore trailer that came out this week. Um, yeah. And uh, me too. Uh, and uh, I think this trailer was pretty good. Now that I just now, now, now that you bring it up, um, it didn't reveal too much. We saw Christian Bale as Gore in the fourth Thor, Thor four. Um, you know, there's this. Uh, they they already made it a memeable format, like the the face that he's making with like the black goop coming out of his mouth and stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm glad. I I think this is one of those trailers that again don't. Again, I, Simon, you might you might come at me for this, but I feel like it doesn't show too much about the movie. I, I don't really know what the plot's going to be about, or yeah. really, you know, the 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 reason this villain is is here, why Christian Bale playing Gore in the Thor for the fourth Thor movie, like what he's all up to. It just really just shows me the tone of the film, which, to be fair, I kind of already knew what it was going to be. Um, but I don't know. I'm quite excited for this. Again, I I don't think Taika Waititi like really misses. 
um, at least from what I've seen of his, I, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, like everything that I've watched of his, I, re- I recently rewatched um, uh, what we do in the shadows, like the movie with like my girlfriend and she quite liked it. Uh, and uh, yeah, again, like this guy just knows how to make quality films that are hilarious, but still quite, you know, dark and, and, and intense. So possible spoiler, uh, but Gore, the Thor, the God killer. Mm-hmm. I think there, we can figure out his motivation. He wants to kill God. You think I possibly, right. Or he's dyslexic and he hates dogs. One of the two. Oh yeah, yeah. That seems that seems more real. Gore, Gore the God Butcher. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as, just to be clear, we're gonna joke about making spoilers in this podcast, just for the audience members that don't normally listen. But we're not spoiling anything. I just want to. Mm-hmm. I want to just set the record straight. You know, just gonna. This is literally his title is Gore the God Killer or God Slayer, depending on what comics or whatever. God Butcher. God Butcher. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's cool. He looked awesome in that man. He looks so cool, I, I think. And Christian Bale is amazing. He actually looks creepy. Man. Yeah, he does. It's nice to see a villain that actually you look at him and go, I don't want to meet him. Yeah, for sure. And then Russell Crowe. Do you want to meet most villains? <laughs> most of the other ones are do not give you the creeps. Mm. I've dated worse. Whoa. Oh. But yeah, Russell Crowe that you mentioned, Simon. He's playing Zeus. 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 The Thunder Guy. The Thunder God. Yes. Zeus. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wait. Yeah, he's also... But he's the god of gods, isn't he, technically? Mm. He's the equivalent of the All-Father in the, the Greek mythology. Right. He's not really... He does use lightning, but I was just thinking about the connection between yeah. him going up against Thor, because they both kind of use lightning. Mm-hmm. In the trailer, so. you see Valkyrie using his lightning blade. Oh. Oh, okay. I, I missed that. Yeah, I missed that, too. <laughs> this is why I don't like watching the trailers, because I pick up way too much out of them. Yeah, like... So I want to go back to what you said there, Adrian. So I have had issues with trailers revealing too much, especially on the Marvel side as of late. Mm -hmm. But I want to course correct what I said about the first Thor Love and Thunder trailer. I said it revealed too much, but I take it back. I'm just going to say that. I feel like we couldn't have known what what's in that. And and you did take issue with the fact that I said that about that first trailer. You're like, what do you mean it revealed too much? You're a joke. I think you said. I said. I said that. You're a joke, Simon. Yeah, I said that verbatim, and I also and I also said, I take umbrage with this, Simon. Uh, you're a bitch, is what I said. Yeah, I take Dolores umbrage with this. I think you said biatch, but mm-hmm. but yes, I do take it back. I think the second trailer. I don't arguably say that that revealed too much either. I think that. You're right. I think that we don't know what's going to be in the movie until we see what's in the movie. I did kind of say that part, but I, I'm gonna just say that I, I made a bit brief mistake because it was it's hard to know until we actually watch the movie just like seeing spider-man no way home i do feel mm-hmm. like that trailer revealed too much i still believe that i don't know if you believe that too ken but that last trailer that's actually something i agreed with 100 uh, percent uh on the podcast when you brought it up you don't know until you watch the movie what they spoiled in the trailer and i have gone to movies before where when it finally the scene hits it's like oh, i wish i wouldn't have seen that in the trailer Mm-hmm. My argument, though, always is that what you spoil in the trailer is a clearly a business decision because you want to create hype, but you have to balance this fine line. I just feel like No Way Home revealed too much in consideration of what they could have left out and still got the same result at the box office. That That's more my concern. I feel like Thor, Love and Thunder, there's, there's so much to reveal. We have no idea, honestly, in the end, what's mm-hmm. going to be there. I feel like that that's fair. I'd, I'd rather be surprised by certain things too. Like even with the Batman, the look of the penguin, I ra- would rather have seen that first on the screen rather than in the teaser. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I can see that they, they didn't reveal too much in the Batman trailer. I think they did a good, a good good enough job. But yeah, I guess, I don't know, there's a question to be had about whether we should just not, whether we're fans of trailers, I guess. But we have mm-hmm. to see them. We don't have a choice. We're going to the movie theaters. We're going to see them in, in theaters. We're going to see them. And then uh, how much have we picked out of it, which most people won't actually notice. Mm-hmm. I'm sensing a trend, though, from Marvel. So when Marvel Cinematic Universe movies are about to come out, they launch an extra trailer at the very end that doesn't end up going in the preview section of a of a movie in the in the movie theaters and i'm going to point out one that's very obvious that gave away too much doctor strange in the multiverse of madness third trailer is a complete waste in my opinion i don't even mm-hmm. know why they were thinking releasing that i don't know if you ended up watching that adrian but we talked about that uh, i think when we reviewed doctor strange in the multiverse of madness and i said that they revealed something really silly they, there's a well I, it's it's in the trailer so i guess we can say no nah, i'm not gonna even say it here it's too much but there's a there's a thing that's like revealed in that that i thought was like why did you do this you don't need that it's like hinting at something that's way down the line in the movie it's like why i, I don't know if you guys are picking up what i'm putting down in terms of what i'm saying but i am yeah i'm tra- well i didn't see the trailer so okay yeah i watched it after because i was like What's the? Because people told me that oh, this was already in the the trailer. I'm like, it was. When did they make a third trailer? I didn't even realize they did that. And I'm hoping the Thor, the Thor, the love and tr- uh, th- love and chunder. Thor four, the fourth Thor with gore trailer. Yeah, Thor love and chunder. When that comes out, <laughs> I don't know what that is. But anyways, Thor love and tr- thunder third trailer. When that trailer launches, I'm hoping they don't put that in front of like, I don't know, Jurassic World Dominion or something, because that's like, uh, that would be really sad for me. Yeah, I don't think they will. I I don't think so either. I think the third trailers lately, that's my point, are like reserved for the fans who just can't wait. They just can't, you know, keep it in their pants. So they they need to see that trailer. But anyway. Yeah, I I also don't want to watch the Thor 4, the fourth Thor with gore trailer 4. What he said. There won't be a trailer for, but that's <laughs> yes. Thank you. He waited all. I feel like he waited all episode to say that. I did, or at least the last ten minutes. Anyways, okay. Uh, so yeah, that's really cool. I'm looking forward to that. That trailer was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But Ken, I've interrupted you. I apologize uh, with with something that's not on your list. What else did you watch this week? Well, the only other thing I watched this week was Obi Wan. Oh mm. shit! Okay. Okay. Which uh, I loved. Yes. We all three of us watched Obi-Wan. We we all watched the the two episodes because they launched two, of course, on the, 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 actually the day before it was supposed to launch. Adrian, did you watch both as well? I did indeed, Simon Edie. I did indeed. Sweet. I just squeezed it in before we started recording this podcast and I'm eager to talk about it. We will not spoil it here, but we will talk about it briefly because I, I mean, I'm very excited about the outlook of this show. Ken, yeah. what did you think? I watched it in a different state. I watched it at three in the morning. Oh, um, I was hyper aware of all the sounds and the items in the series that uh, were direct copies of the originals or things you see in Galaxy's Edge in the parks. Okay. Mm. So it's as silly as this sounds, there was a, a, a sense of reality to the show because they're using all these things that I know. Yeah. Like, I don't want to give away specific sounds or anything, but uh, when you hear them, it's Yes, of course, that's the right sound for that. Yeah, like this, like wow, like something like that. Oh, exactly, and the you know the smelly guns that go pew pew. Ow. Yeah, these are terrible. That's supposed to sound like a like a Wookie, but I, I don't even know if there was a Wookie. <laughs> these are truly <laughs> terrible impressions. <laughs> that's a Wookie passing a kidney stone. Jesus. But no, the uh, 
the series was well done so far. I think it was a little rushed, but oh. I'm enjoying what's happening. Interesting. You think that yeah. so the first two episodes were rushed? Yep. It seems like they're trying to steamroll it. Uh, they're not dwelling on any particular part of it. I don't. They're not building up uh, enough background, really. Mm. Okay. Interesting. It's I'm saying things and being particularly vague because it's like, well, you know that part where they, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, we can't spoil it for sure. They start banging all each other. All everyone's just banging each other on screen. Obi Wan and Darth Vader, they're making out. It's wild. It's seeing whose lightsaber is the longest and such. Yeah, was I watching the right Obi Wan show? I don't know. <laughs> no, I... well, it's the link you sent me, so I watched it. Oh, geez. So, <laughs> am I the only one who actually watched Obi Wan Kenobi? <laughs> no, 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 Simon. I'm being facetious as per usual. You know me. You yeah, know I do. Me. I do. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> just just don't segue to food please don't segue to your food please oh my god um yeah actually like, no no you uh you reminded me of that i got some i'm making like lepane no. which is like serbian flatbread oh jesus christ uh, balkan style flatbread i made the dough it's just chilling in my fridge because i'm gonna make a barbecue tomorrow i prepped some uh pleskovica which is like you know the, the serbian burgers i'm gonna have a nice barbecue tomorrow however prior to the barbecue simon and ken in this case i will be going to um the saint jacob's farmer's market and i haven't gone since i was a wee lad like so long ago yeah was- prior to the fire that burnt it all down and i'm gonna walk through there i'm gonna maybe get a danish Kenobi, Adrian. and it might i might get a danish and then i yes. may maybe they sell meats and stuff and i'll buy some more meats and stuff to uh cook on the barbie sorry are you done yeah Okay, good. You were you were going to talk about Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh yeah, I was just going to say, were we going to actually discuss what you thought of it? Um, yeah, um, I really, really liked these first two episodes. And oh, uh, what I want to say is, at the start of it's rushed, <laughs> but it is, no, actually, I I actually don't necessarily agree with that. I I think it's quite well paced in these first two episodes, at the very least. I I think they're spending enough time. Um, with the characters that are being introduced that, you know, that you want to spend time with. Um, I think what they are doing um, in particular, like the, where the story is actually going is quite shocking. And some characters that are introduced, um, uh, it, it's pretty surprising too. Uh, I didn't expect it to, again, like these char- these specific characters to show up, which is kind of neat. Um, the one thing I do also want to say is um, when you start this show, um, it does like previously on or whatever. And it's like this like kind of super cut of the prequel movies. And goddamn, that hit me right in the nostalgia feels. Yes. Same. So good. Yeah. It's as if this is actually just uh prequel three A or something. It's the it's a direct continuation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like super nostalgic. Like I grew up on the prequel trilogy. Like those were the first Star Wars movies I watched. And then, you know, I went back and I watched, you know, the original trilogy and then obviously this new trilogy by Disney. Um, and yeah, for me, it was just super nostalgic to see all those scenes and splice together. And you're just seeing all these like main points and how the show starts off as well. Like it feels like a direct sequel to the prequel movies, as opposed to, you know, like a new hope, which takes place like 20, 30 years later or whatever it is. And now that being said, do you agree with me? All the uh, small things, the nerdies in it are direct 
continuations of uh, the first trilogy, the sounds, mm-hmm. uh, what you're looking at and everything. Yeah, man, definitely. And it's, again, yeah, it just, it hits you right in the nostalgia feels. It's like no time has passed. Yeah, it's fucking awesome, dude. And I, I absolutely love that. Like, what do you think about that, Simon? You mean the sounds aspect or the uh, the, 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 the prequel? The, the prequel reel, I guess. Oh, so good. The, mm-hmm. Previously on segment was like brilliant. I just thought it was so well done. It was like it's in my notes specifically. I I just love it so much, and it was done so well. I just mm-hmm. feel like you can look at recaps on YouTube or whatever, and no one's captured it like they did. And they just pretty much used clip. Oh, you okay, Ken? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I forgot my chair swivels. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am still standing, or sort of sitting. Thank goodness. Are you good now? Is everything positioned properly? Yes. Okay. Uh, thank you for paying attention. It was impossible not to. It was very loud. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about positioning? Uh, are you talking about my lightsaber? No. Uh-huh. Oh, he is, not me. Okay. But yeah, it, it's it's very – I can't remember what I was saying. Shit. Um, it's just, yeah, you know, like no one's done it better like on YouTube. Yeah, there's so many different versions of this on YouTube, and I feel like no one's done this as as accurately. I mean, it makes sense. This is coming from the horse's mouth, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, it's brilliant. And it just, it was paced so perfectly in terms of that that reel. I thought that that was so good, and it really geared me up. And it's funny, because I, not too long ago, watched all the movies in one go. Um, Not, like, that was really, well, I guess it was a while ago now, but it was before the new movies started coming out with... Force Awakens, etc., and I, I think I watched them twice like mm-hmm. in a short span of like two years or something like that, just to gear up for I think even to the Last Jedi. And so I, I was like, oh man, there's this, just so many good moments. And it made the prequels, which have a lot of weird moments, I feel like, especially in the acting department, look really good. And they chose yeah. very choice lines from Hayden Christensen, Christensen as an example, um, playing Anakin Skywalker. Um, they use very good lines from him too, and he—I think he was the most rough in, in uh, *Attack of the Clones*, and he improved a lot in *Revenge of the Sith*. I think we, mm-hmm. he, at least you and I, agree on that, Adrian. But yeah, it's great. I think uh, when this is all done, we're going to find that it makes up for some of the awkward dialogue that Lucas had in the prequels. Yeah, potentially, we'll see. Because mm-hmm. uh, he did have Anakin sound a little. Silly. Yes, I, I agree. It's like, I think we said this on a previous episode, uh, you and I, Adrian, but like, you and McGregor could arguably act the, the phone book. Like, you just read through the list of the yes. phone book and make it compelling. Mm-hmm. But Hayden Christensen was a pretty young actor at the time. He just wasn't in anything. But he was getting accolades. People did appreciate what he was doing mm-hmm. up until he got cast in the prequel trilogy. Yeah. yeah and the, the reason why that is, is because a good director can make you look really good. And it's a, it's a nerve wracking yeah. process, I imagine to be in a star Wars movie. So, and having somebody on Tatooine complaining with the sand is like, okay, the, what are you doing? Yeah. It's not the greatest dialogue. From my point of view, the Jedi are evil. <laughs> like, 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 you know. The, yeah. It's the dialogue and then the way it was directed to, for him to do the dialogue. I feel like you could stop, take a few more takes to make him sound more natural, but it was, there was choices made there on the direction standpoint that yeah. weren't great. Definitely. And again, we won't get into the reaction from people. Jake Lloyd was uh, bullied to the point where he quit acting and actually had to go into therapy. Uh, Jake Lloyd's the kid who was in Phantom Menace? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Who played Anakin? He was a, the wee Anakin. Yeah. Yes. Don't don't use the word we around me. Hayden Christensen dealt with it a lot better, but... As a kid, it's harder. Yeah. You know what happens when you use the word we 
to describe something small around me, mm-hmm. I might start going into a Scottish accent. So just be careful. I was just going to say, I thought that's the way your, your folk talked about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the, yeah. It's the wee lad. It's the wee lad. It's a wee lad. Anyway. Oi! Uh, <laughs> you know what you guys should do? You guys should speak the entire the rest of the episode in a Scottish accent, and I'll stand by and just uh, use my regular voice. How's that sound? I'm not going to do it. After oof da after oof da broof braf doof daft. What? That was in English. I just said, how's your day going in Scottish? Yeah, I think you should stop. Yeah, thanks. That was much worse than me. Yeah. I think we'd sound pretty daft. <laughs> The one thing I do want to also mention about uh, this Obi-Wan show is that it brings back quite a few um, actors and um, yeah, actors from, um, you know, the prequel trilogy. And the one thing I must say is Disney really, really got lucky with the casting of that prequel trilogy with, uh, you know, Joel Edgerton, um, you know, being cast as like Luke's like uncle or whatever um, to, to take care of Luke and. I don't recall if like these other characters have shown up in the trailer, so I just won't mention it. But you have some really great actors coming back and playing these parts. Uh, I mean, you and McGregor, obviously. Um, and it's like really cool how connected this feels. Uh, everyone seems to have aged an appropriate amount as well. Like it just feels like these people are older. They're more rugged. They've d- been dealing with a bunch of shit. And it's uh, goddamn. I- I'm again. This this show is easily. One of my favorite things that Disney, I know we're only two episodes deep. Maybe they're going to like mess it up, but like it's easily one of those shows. Um, they're my favorite show so far on Disney plus just because of like, Oh, how much it, how much it tickles the nostalgia bone in me. Um, I really love Mandalorian though. Do you, you don't, you think this is in two episodes, you're judging it as the best show. Well, like over the Mandalorian season one and two. Sorry, I shouldn't have said best. I should say favorite, just because of like how okay. nostalgic it, it's making me feel. Uh, sure, and again, sure. yeah, tugging on those heartstrings, I must say. This one ties more directly to the one of the trilogies, so it's it touches more. If that makes sense. Yeah, it touches me all over. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I got to be really nerdy when you talk about casting. The fact that the modern version of Uncle Owen matches so much to was it Phil Brown who played the original Uncle Owen? The whole crusty, uh, whole fed up with uh, his past thing, mm-hmm. and just the the pacing, the way he speaks and everything, it sounds like he is just a younger version of him. Yeah, like, or am I going way too far? <laughs> no, no, man. Honestly, like, I can see like the the um, like how that like Joel Edgerton essentially ages into that character yeah. in like twenty years or however long. I can't. Can do you know this? Like the 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 time between the end of the prequel trilogy to A New Hope is it is it thirty years? That's what I, I believe it was supposed to be thirty years. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. I'm trying to remember. Um. And yeah, this show is taking place about ten years after the prequels, if I recall yep, correctly. Exactly ten years. Oh, hang on. Uh, A New Hope. Uh, Luke is sixteen or seventeen. Really? I think so. Oh. I'm trying to remember. Sorry, what? Uh, he wanted to go to Anchorage and join up. He must have been around the 1819 mark because uh, he was just old enough to get into the Imperial Academy, like his friends had done. Mm. Hmm. I see. So you're saying it's 19 years? Sorry, I'm, I'm missing what you're saying here. Um, 19 years? Between the end of three and uh, beginning of four should be probably about 20 years, maybe, give or take. 18 to 20 years. According to GamesRadar.com, it's a 19-year oh, yes. gap between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Oh, I was way off. Yeah. What a source. What a source. Yeah. 
But uh, I was just remembering from the books uh, how old he was because they, in the movies they didn't really make it seem that uh, Luke was trying to join the Imperial Academy mm. to learn to become a pilot, which was what he was really trying to do. I see. So yeah, I guess it's a it's it's about a twenty year gap. So this this takes place almost like right in the middle between um, Revenge of the Sith and the New Hope. Yeah, this is ten years after uh, Revenge of the Sith. Mm. Yeah. Cool. I would agree with the Phil Brown thing. It's really great. And and it is Phil Brown, just to make sure. I just uh, double-checked in IMDb that the name of the actor. I was going from memory. Yeah, well done. The same way I, I think Ted Burnett played the bartender, but I couldn't be sure. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, like to speak to that as well, like Ewan McGregor, he nails it with the voice. He did it in the prequels and he did it, does it here. Like in terms of like garnering this like or, or really capturing the essence of what Alec Guinness did in the first – first few movies like it's brilliant like how well he does he's indiscernible from alec guinness he's pretty great mm -hmm. yeah in uh the sequel trilogy when they used the different voices they actually melded the two together and you re really can't tell the difference yeah yeah they did that uh that um, vision cut scene is that what you're talking about yeah, like the vision exactly. and then they showed voices in the background they showed yeah, the voices all right there were little showed them blops up in the air and yes yeah. Sure, whatever. They played the voices, Ken. Thanks. Thanks. Wow. Jeez. Jeez, Louise. But yes, yeah. yeah it's pretty cool mm -hmm. how, how accurate he is and how great he is. And I don't know. Do I want to go back to what you said to start, Ken? Really going right, right back. Bringing it back, baby. Yep. You said that it's, it's not well paced. You said it was rushed. And I don't agree. No. Hmm. The beginning part, I think they should have established what he was doing before this new adventure started. Hmm. But then a lot of people wouldn't want to see that. They're there to see the action, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I felt like it was slow paced. I thought that was like, it was well, great. Bear in mind, there's 10 years between uh, episode three and this. Yeah. And it looks like it uh, two hours passed because he didn't really do anything else. Right. Okay. I see. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. It, it, they seem to like do a slow build for me, at least in the first episode. I thought that was like a perfectly mm -hmm. plus is also okay. 55 minutes. Again, the watching it at three in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you felt on that. Uh, Adrian, did you think it was rushed or not? No, no. Like, so I actually watched the first episode around three in the morning as well. Okay. Funnily enough. We were, oh, wow. Uh, I, I, one thing I realized is like, I was hanging out with my girlfriend and then I like drove her home around like probably like one, one thirty. And then I came home. And you and called Ken via Zoom, a Zoom call, mm -hmm. and you watched it together. No, we cuddled and watched it together. Yeah, it's true. Oh, you went to each other's homes. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. I was Big Spoon. <laughs> um, and I was the spork. Uh, and uh, around, I want to say like 2.30, I was just like chilling. I was like, I'm, I'm already up. I'm not too tired. I'm going to just wait until 3. And then I started scrolling through Twitter. And um, I saw an ad that said like like Star Wars like or Obi-Wan, the, the Kenobi saga, whatever the fuck it's called. Um is now planned. And I realized I looked into this after as of yesterday, it, it came out at midnight, like Eastern standard time, the day of release. It came, no, it, it came out 9 PM. It came out at nine. Yeah. It was 9 PM Pacific and then midnight here, Eastern. Oh, was it? Yeah. Shoot. Okay. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, I figured that out after and I was like, ah, shit, I could have like started watching this as soon as I got home. So I, I finished watching the episode. I, I almost fell asleep and I was like, I'm getting really tired. But yeah, like I agree that first episode is a slow burn and it's like, it's really well done. And then episode two really just picks up. There is um in, in this 
um, show, there is a child actor that is introduced that plays a character. And I notoriously hate children actors. But this kid, I'm not actually going to lie, although I don't think they are great. I picked up on a couple of these like scenes where the kid is actually making like very interesting like emotes and stuff that I feel like a lot of the time when you have a kid actor in a show, they just like deliver their lines and they have like this dead face, like this like dead look in their eyes like kids regularly do. But this kid that's playing this character is like kind of emoting more. Obviously, when you're like putting them next to like an Obi-Wan or or whoever else like a Ewan McGregor, you're going to notice a difference between them. But I genuinely believe, I don't know, I haven't checked online because I was trying to just like uh, have my own opinion about this. I'm curious whether or not like I'm in the minority about this because I feel like I'm very harsh on child actors. But for me, I thought this kid was actually doing a pretty damn good job. Um, did, I, I mean, you guys know about the kid I'm talking about. What do you guys yeah. think about that kid's acting? I agree. Uh, that's one of the things I, I noted right away. Um, the actor grew on you. And they seem to be reacting realistically rather than just resetting lines and, as you say, the dead face and that. So uh, the kid did good. Yeah. Simon? Yeah, they they were great. Um, there were, there was some moments where I was like, this is a little bit, uh, I don't know, I don't know, but maybe overacting. Mm. It, it, but for the most part, good, I would say. There is a weird, uh, just speaking of things that you, we might not like, there is a very strange scene that uh, I'd like to call to mention, and I'm going to be very vague. There's like a chase scene in it in the in the first episode. What mm. a terrible! I don't know. The choreography on that was uh, oof. I don't know what was going on. I didn't love it. That would be the one criticism I had for both episodes. Honestly, I have one word question for you: parkour. 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 Is that that's a question? I yeah. We I think no. We're not talking about the same thing, or we are. I don't know. Okay. Hard to know because we're not going to spoil it here. But it's in yeah. It's uh it's in the first episode and no no. It's uh, I you know. yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's early on in the episode and it's just like what? Like it's 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 stupid because this character just like runs out of this dangerous situation with with ease and it's very confusing i was like i literally was just watching i was like what the fuck uh and it almost like started the episode oh off on like a sour note but i think uh yeah i know what you mean <laughs> no you don't you're talking about a different thing that's hilarious I think, oh i think we have three different scenes in mind oh my goodness i think so mine's in the first episode it's midway through it's incredibly awkward i don't understand what was going on i know what you're talking about adrian and that one's also weird maybe they just don't know how to choreograph uh, chase scenes for obi-wan kenobi here mm -hmm. but uh that's uh, that's the, the poorest part of, of the show it seems like that's funny but uh it's weird and that's the one thing that I didn't love, but I'm surprised you're pointing out a, a different moment. One thing I'd like to say too, Rupert uh, Friend, I appreciate his ma makeup, like the, the makeup they did for him and his acting actually, as of course he plays the Grand Inquisitor. Like I only know him from really Homeland. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. He was uh, Agent 47 in Hitman, but anyway, okay. um, I don't know if anyone watched that movie. I didn't see it. But uh, no. But yeah, I thought he was. I thought he's been pretty good. Moses Ingram is really good too. Honestly, I really like her. She's getting criticism online. It's very annoying, and I think that uh, they literally predicted this ahead of time. I don't know if you guys saw this, but she was apparently told by Lucas uh, Lucasfilm executives that there's going to be like sexist comments coming your way on social media. So be careful. And it's like that's so mm -hmm. unfortunate. But I don't want to get into that. This is really depressing. Yeah. But anyways, I think she's doing a really good job, and. Um, 
The music's also amazing. Theme song by John Williams. I mean, how amazing is that? Part of that is what ties back to what Adrian was saying. It grabs you right by the nostalgia with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the music for sure. Yeah, Kate Heron does a great job there too. Deborah Chow directed the first two episodes. Is she directing all of the episodes? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I didn't think she was, but... I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting. Again, I'm pretty impressed, I must say. Nostalgia for sure is uh, A plus for me and the way that they're handling various characters and throwing in like little Easter eggs and things like that. I think they're doing a really good job. The only thing mm-hmm. again that really bothered me, not really bothered, I wouldn't, wouldn't even say really bothered me, but I thought was odd was this very strange choreography, even in the way that it's shot for that particular chase scene at the midpoint of episode one, not the beginning. Although the beginning one, I do see where you're coming from, Adrian. Yeah. I mean, this is an action adventure uh, TV series. So it's not that unusual that we'd have multiple chase scenes that we'd be confused over. But um, anyway. Yeah. In that second episode, by the way, the location that they're in, the steampunk kind of, mm-hmm. not steampunk, sorry, a cyberpunk nature of that city is uh, really cool. And like I thought that the slow pace of, of it, I don't know, just brings back again a lot of nostalgia vibes. And I did find that it was paced kind of slow. Like the way that they do it, I, I was impressed with the pacing. I'm curious if, can you, dislike the pacing as it goes Do forward we, or you feel like it's rushed or what's gonna oh, happen no 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 it's like, just the beginning of episode one. Oh, just the beginning okay after that I, I absolutely adored it okay yeah interesting do either of you remember the name of that uh city they were in uh it's like uh it's dayu or something like that okay because it's not one that i remember seeing before it in some ways it reminded me of narshada but uh yeah definitely cool it's cool stuff Cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and then just real quick, Simon, I just looked this up on Wikipedia, so I don't know how accurate it is, but Deborah Chow is indeed directing all six episodes. Oh, nice. And cool. the planet is called D-A-I-U, sorry, Y-U. So I, I think it was Dayu or Dayu. I can't remember exactly. So Daylight coming, we want to go home? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to make a different reference. Da-da-da-da-da. Dayu. Adrian, huh? Oh, is that a reference to... Caillou, the the kid that's six feet tall. Yes. The incessantly bald child. Yeah. Does he have a serious illness? Cancer? I hope not, but alas. I hope he does. There's many seasons. There's many seasons of that show. Do, do no years pass? I don't know. I well, there's only five seasons of that show. And I think the Would that season not be five years? The season finale is him uh, in <laughs> in a hospital. Um no, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is, dude. And he he dies. He dies. His parents are there. They start no, crying. It is. Yeah. No, it is not. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, move on. Uh oh, sorry. Before we move on to the news, I wanted to just briefly mention because I saw this trailer. I thought it was awesome. The Gray Man trailer was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans going head to head. And Chris Evans is uh Chris Evans's incredible mustache is a highlight. And uh, it looks like it's going to be an incredibly fun movie to watch. And that's coming out soon. That's like the beginning of July or mid-July or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, of course, directed by the Russo brothers. So, man, sign me up for that. I'm kind of hoping it goes to theaters, but I have not heard anything about that so far. This movie is like, I think, Netflix's Um, most expensive movie to date, if I recall correctly. I'm fairly certain they did say that it was coming to theaters first. Yeah, I think... I think they did say that it is coming to theaters. I have like a vague memory of it coming to theaters. Uh, July 15th is when it releases. But, but is it like a theatrical release? Like, yeah, I don't know. 
Is it more of a theatrical release like uh, they released uh, that Adam Sandler movie? What's it called? Uncut Gems? Yeah, it's so it's a limited theatrical release, um, and it comes out yeah. on July 15th, and then it shows up on Netflix uh, July 22nd. So I guess it's going to be like a yeah, Uncut Gems marriage story type thing. Will it go to our theaters here, like Cineplex theaters? That's my question. Or, or is it going to go Ooh. to like more like Waterloo, Princess Twin, more indie theaters? Because it's not an indie movie. Let's say that. This is an yeah. incredibly big budget film so i expect it to go to a landmark for sure but probably to cineplex as well simply because of how big it is mm-hmm. it's huge the actors in this anna de Armas is in it as well yeah i'm so excited it looks really really great and lastly the last trailer I watched dead reckoning mission impossible just just final like quick Ooh. mention also an amazing trailer it looks like it's going to be incredibly action-packed but we've we've gone on long enough i think with, with what we're watching so i think if you guys will allow it, we should move on to the news. What do you think? No. 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 Well, that's too bad. Let's begin with two chosen focus stories that Adrian and Kenneth have deemed the most topical this week. Number one, as reported by entertainment website Nerdist, the Star Wars Celebrations Lucasfilm Showcase was presented on May 26th with a slew of film and TV announcements for various upcoming Lucasfilm properties. To start... They showed off the trailer for the Diego Luna starring Disney Plus Star Wars spy TV series Andor. Andor follows Rebel Intelligence Officer Cassian Andor in a Rogue One, a Star Wars story prequel TV show, which will premiere its 12-episode season on August 31st, 2022. They also teased The Mandalorian's third season with a freshly announced February 23rd, 2023 release date, while following that with further details for executive producer John Watts's recently announced Star Wars coming-of-age story, Skeleton Crew. Skeleton Crew was presented as a Star Wars Disney Plus TV series that will star Captain Marvel actor Jude Law and will follow four children embarking on a journey across the galaxy. The new series is being described as having an 80s Amblin movie aesthetic while also being identified by Star Wars executive producer Dave Filoni as a show as much for kids as the Clone Wars animated series is. In terms of non-Star Wars Lucasfilm properties, actor Warwick Davis was on stage to show off the trailer to the Ron Howard-produced Willow sequel Disney Plus TV series launching on November 30th, 2022, while actor Harrison Ford came out on stage to tease a photo and the new June 30th, 2023 release date for the James Mangold-directed Indiana Jones 5. Throughout the showcase, legendary composer John Williams conducted a live orchestra that played the iconic and rousing music from Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Kenneth, Stadelbauer, way more Star Wars news. What what are you thinking? This is a lot to unpack. I mean, I guess we should probably start with Andor, I suppose, and then kind of go on from there. Andor just looked beautiful. Uh, It's the the prequel to Rogue One, and it is a war show. It is not a whole bunch of guys with glow sticks. Uh, It looks gritty. I like it. Yeah, spy, spy series. Adrian, your thoughts on Andor? Andor, more like Blandor. <laughs> oh, ow! I'm just kidding. It actually looks pretty good. Uh, I <laughs> like it. It does not look bad. I was pretty negative when they announced this Andor series. I was kind of just like, "Who the hell wants this? Why do we want to see more of this character?" And I don't know. A I spy just... series, man. A spy series in the Star Wars universe. That's what it is. Yeah, I, I just wouldn't have minded uh, them just having a different character entirely. But uh, again, like it's th- this trailer uh, has kind of reinvigorated my interest. Um, I guess 
I should I should just say invigorated my interest because I never was invigorated about the show too much. But it looks interesting enough. I do like the idea of this like spy, almost like espionage thriller in the Star Wars universe. And uh, I'm curious what they can do with this. Um, although I like his character from Rogue One, I don't I just I just never really saw any interest to see this character expanded on anymore. Um, but I, I'm, I'm more than willing to see what they can do with this. So, yeah. What did you think, man? Um, uh, yeah, I loved it. And the trailer, like the start of the trailer, specifically with that drum beat, I thought was just, oh man, so on point. That's just a good, good trailer. I don't know if it's going to be good. We're going to find out because I think Tony Gilroy, who's show running it, unless he was swapped out, I can't even remember now because there's some weird thing with COVID that he couldn't, uh, he couldn't show run it on site for some reason. Do you guys remember that? It's a COVID thing. Anyways, Tony Gilroy, he came in for the reshoots for Star Wars, uh, the, the, a Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And uh, he, it was an, it, of course, it was a Gareth Edwards movie, that Star Wars Rogue One. But Tony Gilroy was brought in and did a lot of the reshoots and rewrites for that movie. And so he's doing the show running of this show. But I, that's the only thing I'm worried about is that when you have a showrunner like you can't be on site, etc., it kind of worries me a little bit. But other than that, this trailer looked brilliant. And again, the the beats of the trailer, the narration, the the sounds from the trailer, the nostalgic factor and and new sounds as well. And then they showed like the back of certain characters. It looked like it was uh what's his name? Am I crazy? The 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 general dude from I'm failing you on names here, but Ken, you can help me out in a second. The general dude from uh, The Last Jedi and Oh, General Hux. Hux. Mm-hmm. He's in it. Is that not right? didn't think that was him but sure well, there's the back of his head there's the guy with red hair i mean who else could it be it could have been i think if any well because like you got to consider this is pre new hope so if it's hux he's 12 that would be like he'd be like super young so it can't be him not nah, damn no if it, the only other character that has red hair in star wars canon that i can think of off the top of my head cal kestis from uh star wars jedi fallen order yeah, but he's standing in an Imperial yeah. starship. I'm just foolish. I- Maybe he turns rogue. Maybe he turns evil. You know what? I don't even know if this person is standing in inside of an Imperial starship. I've got the details very wrong, it seems. I didn't think about the timeline. Are we operating under that there's only two redheads in the entire Star Wars canon and only two black people? Yeah, I think yeah. that's. I think that okay. seems right. Black people? Wait, wait what? That was an old thing. Uh, when they showed uh, Finn, everyone said, oh, it has to be uh, Lando's son because there's no other black people in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I remember that. That's yeah. To be fair, the reason I'm saying this is because they shot him from the back and they didn't show his face and it looked purposeful. Like it was always an Easter mm-hmm. egg. That's why I think I he just that. gave away the plot. They shot him in the back. Oh, my God. What a twist. <laughs> well, I can't give away the plot because it's a trailer. If it's in the trailer, we can say it here. Come on, Ken, pay attention. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so moving on to the next thing. We got uh, The Mandalorian's third season was announced, at least for the... Well, they didn't do anything but tell us about the, the release date. Am I right there, Ken? Or did you notice anything else that they teased? Um, well, I saw a picture. Oh, there's a photo. Is that a picture? Yeah. Is it like a sneak peek picture that you weren't supposed to get? Or why are you so cagey? I'm not sure if uh, it was tied to that or not, but... Uh, it's a certain character on a throne. So, oh yes. So there was a yes, good call. So there, there was actually a, like a, a weird like teaser reel. If you were there on site at the Star Wars celebration, there was like a 
a teaser reel that I think they're going to release to the public eventually, or they're going to just take p- bits of that and put it into the first The Mandalorian third season trailer. But this is a long way out, so I imagine that they have lots of time to do that, and they probably won't be inclined to do it until at least Andor is well into its 12-episode run. But yes, it was Bo-Katan. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. I wasn't sure if that would be spoilery or not, because I'm not sure if anyone else saw it. But that tells stories in itself. Yeah, It does. It does. I don't call that a spoiler, because it if they don't release that, they just released it to the public. And everyone everyone talked about it in every article. The Nerdist article talked about it, too. But mm-hmm. I feel like that, I don't know, Adrian, correct me. I don't think that's a spoiler, is it? No, I don't think so. Yeah, no. If it's released, it can't be. Yeah. Yeah, it was released. It's just not publicly, publicly released. Anyone who was there, because the Star Wars celebration is a fan event. So you got all these fans there. In fact, a lot. I saw a lot of the clips um, from it. In fact, you sent me one, Ken, that was literally somebody Somebody just video recorded it and then posted it on YouTube. I, I have no knowledge of that. You have no knowledge of it? <laughs> We're, oh my God, Ken was the one that recorded it. I, I would never forward an illegal video. <laughs> oh, I see. I thought if you, anybody is listening to this. For a second, I thought you were playing into the game of we don't talk outside this podcast. And I was a little worried. I'm like, Ken, I got to no, I talk to anybody, you know, that homeless, uh, you guys, whatever. Nah, just making sure. Cause I got to talk to you at work. So, but it's just, I'm not going to admit to sharing a video that is illegally recorded. I see. Okay. Well, you never, yeah, that wasn't you. It must've been somebody else. Um, yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy's dead now. He got killed. It's canon. It's a- Jimmy's not dead. Lucasfilm got him. Jimmy, Jimmy's fine. Jimmy's on vacation. Uh, because he heard we're going on hiatus, Adrian. So just relax. Mm. Jimmy's our audio video uh, technician, their audience. And uh, Adrian doesn't love Jimmy. He's very rude to him on a consistent basis. He he deserves the break. Just let's just say that. But okay. So the Mandalorian's third season. Did we? Sorry. Anything else to talk about that, uh, Ken or or Adrian? Anything else? You guys want to say? Well, should we talk about the implication that uh, if Bo-Katan's on the throne, oh yeah, uh, she needs the dark to rule properly. So she may end up being. Uh, at odds with uh, Din Djarin. Yeah. Yes. Also, from apparently, Din uh, Djarin is going to he's going back to uh, Mandalore. That's like the the basic premise of season three. Yeah. The hell was that? Oh my goodness! There's a someone racing in the background. Sorry, I I live in a very odd town. Okay. They're filming the Gran Turismo series behind you. It's- yeah. Fast 10 is happening out there. Yeah, fast 10, your seatbelts, Ken. Um, but okay, yes. The, the, apparently, he's going to go back to Mandalore to gain favor with the Mandalorians there. That's what I understood the plot to be, based on, again, that teaser, which I imagine that they're going to launch. If they don't release that, I'd be mm. shocked. That is literally going to be a part of their their package because it's it's released. Every, everyone knows what it is. There's like multiple description options uh online and that follows suit every other uh celebration they do that Mm. yes yes indeed yeah it's like a if you're if you're lucky enough to get tickets to the star wars celebration then you're lucky enough to see some sneak peeks but okay um but moving on from there we also have john watts who's the director of spider-man no way home homecoming and far from home is making a star wars coming of age story we talked about this i don't know if it was last week adrian or the week before i might have been last week because this was yeah, this was teased in the Vanity Fair article in which uh, Kathleen Kennedy, who's a longtime executive producer of Star Wars and other things, uh, it was talking to Vanity Fair and talking about this series, and they somehow had an inside scoop on the John Watts 
series. And it's now called Skeleton Crew. It now stars Jude Law, and they're looking to cast four children uh, for this for this show, which is has been codenamed previously Grammar Rodeo. Ken, what do you think? about that and are you, what, like, are you most excited about this or Andor? like what's your i'm excited about it all i i'm not sure if i sent it to adrian saying that this is like repeaking to back when i was 14 and first discovered star wars there's so much neat stuff happening but for me the uh grammar rodeos were the episode of the simpsons where uh bart uh got fake id rented a car and the bunch of them went on a joyride would make sense if that's a similar plot my thing is uh Jude Law, what character is he playing? Hmm. Mm. Yes. I did not watch that episode of The Simpsons, ad- admittedly. I did hear it, that it was literally related to that episode, but I, I just know the plot without having much other context. I don't know. Maybe like Jude Law plays some like Imperial soldier or whatever, and these kids just like hijack this like plane, and he's on it. it like plane. Uh, fucking ship <laughs> um, and they hijack the ship and maybe he's on it. They don't realize it. And he's like, God dang you children. Yeah. Let me put you in your place. And then he kills them all in the first episode. And it's just a series following Jude law. Could be. Yeah. 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 For sure. They get on, they get on a Boeing 747 and they're like, who put these mother French fry snakes on this mother French fry plane? Yeah. Yeah. Like that hit movie. French fries on a plane. Yeah, exactly. 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 All right. Cool. What I was hoping is he was playing the training bot that uh, teaches younglings how to attune lightsabers. Mm. And they accidentally stole that ship because that ship has been in function for hundreds of years. Hmm. It's possible. Yeah. This is a cool, this is a neat storyline. I'm excited for this one. This I think it has a lot of potential. It has a lot of potential for failure too, but I'm looking forward to it. Well, yeah, the the idea that they have to cast four children and you got to make sure all four of these kids can act well. Like, that's my biggest worry. Um, yep. This is Stranger Things, though. You just got to get this like kids with as much star, star prowess as those Stranger Kids. Uh, stranger Kids. Stranger Things. Stranger Kids. Yeah. Stranger Things kids. Because those guys are really good. Like, like they're all yeah. four of them. Five of them. Wait, five. There's five of them, right? Crazy. Um, Millie Bobby Brown. Six, seven. And then there are more. Yeah, that's true. As the seasons go on, yeah. uh, there are more, even more kids. But as they start with season one, there's like five, I think. Four are at it. But yeah. And they're really good. Like that, that's genuinely, that's great child acting. Um, mm-hmm. They're not that young, I guess. Maybe they're a little bit older. But uh, yeah, these kids are supposed to be 11 and 12, apparently, that they're casting for this. Ugh. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, and the concept of it being as much for kids as the Clone Wars animated series, I don't know how to take that because I haven't watched the Clone Wars. I've seen a few episodes. Does that mean it's more mature? Can I nerd in here for a second? Yes, that's why you're here, Ken. What you, mm-hmm. Come on. I think they're actually talking about the animated series that was a precursor to what everybody else knows as the Clone Wars. Because oh. there actually was a Clone Wars cartoon series. Like the Samurai Jack one? Yes, that style of animation. But is that the, that's not the one that Dave Filoni made. No, but I think this is what they're referring to when they said the animated series. Mm. Maybe, but it's literally Dave. Because they usually just call the Clone Wars the Clone Wars series. They don't call it the Clone Wars animated series. That's how they usually differentiate between the two. Oh, but oh, sorry, but I, I mean, yeah, but I quoted it here. 
as much for kids. I, I, I don't know. I thought that was self-explanatory. But anyway, much as for kids Clone as Wars. the Clone Wars. I put animated series in there because okay. I don't want to confuse anyone. Then it could be either or. Because if it was directly from them, that's how they differentiate between the two series. I'm pretty sure it's Filoni's series just because it's Filoni saying it. Okay. But I mean, that would be my guess. That has a lot of adult content in it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Where the animated one was definitely kitty. Okay. So there might be some dark stuff in it. Just a little bit of dark stuff. Okay. Fair enough. Sorry for confusing you with my uh, write-up there. That was not my intention. Adrian, thoughts? Anything? Um, Like on that show, again, like my, my biggest worry is just like casting these like four fucking kids and making sure that they're good. Yeah. Uh, but again, I, I like this kind of idea of a coming-of-age story. And then you, again, mentioning like Stranger Things and how well those kids did in those like first uh, few seasons. Like this could potentially be really, really great. And again, John Watts has obviously proven himself with like the Spider-Man trilogy that we just got. So yeah. I'm in it. I'm in it, dude. Again, yeah, I, I, I also haven't seen all of the Clone Wars. I've seen a couple episodes here and there and all that uh, jazz. And I know that that like Dave Filoni's Clone Wars series, it does go dark and like it does deal with some like pretty, pretty dark themes throughout the, you know, seven episode or sorry, seven season run or whatever it is. So, you know, um, it's all about finding that right balance. I feel like a lot of Star Wars, though, in general, is like for kids and adults. Like, uh, I think fan- the Phantom Menace is like one of those prime examples. Like, I watched that as a kid. Jar Jar Binks was put in the movie for kids, so you can be like, "Ah, look at this idiot," you know. Um, so, the droids in the prequel trilogy, same reason. Mm-hmm. So, um, I I don't necessarily think. Again, I don't know fully the tone of the Clone Wars animated series, but I, I, I genuinely believe a lot of Star Wars is made for both children and adults alike. So Yeah, they're best when I feel like they blur the fine line between being children's fair and adult. Like like Pixar movies, arguably, I guess. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It's a weird connection, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Only without the tears. Mm. Mm. I want to cry. I want this episode, actually, these episodes to make me cry. That's what I want. This has a po- possibility of actually doing that if it brings it down to a kid's level and how the kids see what's going on. It actually could be emotional. Yeah, sure. I feel like the Obi Wan Kenobi series has the power to make us cry potentially, but time will tell. But moving on from Star Wars, there were a few other things. Uh, even though this was the, the Star Wars celebration, there were a few other things teased. One of which was Willow, the Ron Howard produced Willow Disney Plus TV series. Mm. Ken, thoughts on the trailer? <laughs> For me, I geeked out completely. Um, it is the original story only continued on in a more epic fashion with Willow uh, matured and taking over with Billy Barty's character from uh, the original movie as he's the uh, older wizard now. Uh, it it just looks epic. I am Totally stoked to see this. I didn't read any of the sequels that uh, Lucas wrote. I don't think this has any connection to them. I think this is a totally new animal, and it, I'm on board for it. I'm like liking it. Yeah. Yeah, it looks good. looks really good. I'm curious. Yeah. Adrian, I can't remember. Connection to Willow or not? Uh, no. My sister really liked Willow when she was a kid, but I think Willow was a little bit before my time, so I never like watched it when I was young. Um, this... This series is a sequel to that movie, correct? Yeah. 
right? It's not like a reboot or whatever. Yeah, no. yeah, I see that you have it written here. It, it's a sequel years later, yes. Okay. I don't know. I, I did watch the trailer, though. It does look cool. I didn't realize that Willow was like this, like, swords and magic type thing. I, I don't. I honestly don't know what I thought Willow was, <laughs> like, watching that trailer. Yeah, it's a fantasy, medieval fantasy type genre. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe uh, maybe closer to the series um, launch, maybe I'll watch that original movie, and if I like it enough, I'll I'll watch the series. But yeah, all in all, not much attachment to this. I don't I don't care too much about this. But as someone that doesn't know much, the trailer was pretty neat. Cool. All right. Yeah, man. What about you? I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was good. I, I'm curious. I just gotta wait and see how it is because I feel like it could could not do well. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I hope it does well because I really did like Willow as a kid. Like I, have, there's a lot of that I've talked about this on previous episodes of our podcast, Adrian and Ken. I'm sure you remember, but uh, Willow for me is very much a McDonald's ball pit type situation. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Bringing it back. The uh, yeah, there's the nostalgia factor that that you know you just as a kid you just remember that idea of jumping in the McDonald's ball pit like the play place air thing and you know it's the smell of you owe your brother like twenty bucks by the, the way the smell of dirty socks etc. This is just classic classic you know it's classics I can get in those smells when I was uh, when I was watching the Willow trailer he sent me it actually mm-hmm. funny enough mentioning my brother who whose idea was the, or, or metaphor was the McDonald's ball pit in the first place. He sent me the Willow mm-hmm. trailer via text. Uh, and he's like, Hey, check this out. I was like, yeah, yeah, looks good. Looks good. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. Lastly, at this event for the Lucasfilm, uh, Lucasfilm showcase, we had, of course, Harrison Ford came out on stage after John Williams played him pretty much played him in, uh, with the, uh, Indiana Jones, theme song and uh, then they teased both the release date and of course they teased that photo of indy walking across that bridge ken thoughts on this <laughs> again you're playing up to the old guy who saw them all in the theater right uh i have a, a stetson fedora that i bought in 84 the same year as i believe the first one came out or around that time uh cool it's I love them all. I even liked uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, oh boy, there there flaws in it, but I I enjoyed it. They're all Pulp Fiction. They're all uh, ridiculous, larger than life. There's nothing less realistic about aliens, and there is face melting Nazis. But uh, I'm stoked for it. Yeah, it's not the aliens as much as the nuke the fridge situation that uh, you know, and the monkey swinging that really. Sets me off about Indiana Jones 4. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, G. All right. Yeah, that that's the biggest issue with that movie. I'm actually really happy, as much as I love Steven Spielberg, he, the man's a legend, but I'm actually kind of happy that it is James Mangold. It's nice to see like a different chef in the kitchen for this. And I'm glad they're still having Indiana Jones as the main character because the whole idea that an actor, uh, male or female, has a shelf life, and then after that, no, uh, you're no longer a viable member of society is is ridiculous. For sure. Are you saying that you would rather them not recast Indy? Or- I don't want to see him recast. That's another story altogether. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of playback or blowback rather on, on the internet about Indy being too old, oh. uh, mm. Harrison Ford being too old to act, all this other stuff. And it's like, if he's having fun with the role, let's do this. Look, man, the guy just flew a plane into to a golf course not too long ago. So I'm sure he's fine. You know what I'm saying? A plane that uh, expert avi- 
uh, aviators said once that plane goes down, it's a miracle to land. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that, yeah, I, I don't understand how he crashed a plane and recovered. He also crushed his mm -hmm. leg on a freaking Millennium Falcon door and recovered relatively. Uh, you heard the backstory on that one? Uh, partially, but sure. Tell the, tell the audience. Abrams was saying that uh, while he's panicky, he threw his back out trying to lift the door. Yes. Harrison Ford got on his cell phone, called a buddy of his with a helicopter, and said he needed to be airlifted to a hospital. Wow. While he's pinned underneath this thing. That's wild, yeah. Wild. Yeah, he's a real-life action star. Yeah. Yeah. For chisels. Um, for me again, I don't, I, I never watched any of those Indiana Jones movies. I'll, I'll watch them eventually, maybe before this movie comes out. But, uh, the, the whole aspect of not recasting, um, Harrison Ford, um, for Indiana Jones, I think I disagree with that. I think they should cast Alden Ehrenreich, um, for <laughs> Indiana Jones. Sure. I think that's the perfect casting choice, personally. That's actually, so you bring out a great, that was a partial joke, I'm sure, <laughs> but it was, yeah. Yeah, but I, that's a great question for Ken. I'm actually very curious about that. So Kathleen Kennedy recently said, Ken, that she didn't like the idea that they recast Harrison Ford. Or not really, but they cast a young Han Solo in the Solo, a Star Wars story called Solo. What, sorry, what's that? The Han Solo solo movie called Solo, a Star Wars story. That's it. Yep. Thank you. So yep. she was saying, Kathleen Kennedy was saying that was a mistake that they cast Elden Ehrenreich, that they, that they did that at all. They shouldn't have even approached uh, that property that way. Do you agree with that? And did you like the solo, a star Wars story called Solo? what the, whatever the heck you just said, the Han solo solo movie called solo, a star Wars story. Yes. Thank you. Okay. The first part, I did love the movie. And I remember again, all the toxic fans saying that, uh, it was a mistake to, uh, recast Harrison Ford should have done it, even though it would be a ridiculous, uh, movie with so much CG. Yeah that people would be complaining, especially since CG technology at the time could not do that. Yeah. Barely can do it now. Really? Mm -hmm. But yeah. And I think she was just reading the wrong people's uh, comments. Uh, the same way the people, I don't know if you recall, there was a, a big complaint that uh, it was launched May 25th. That's, Oh, that's a slight correction from the show. By the way, you said early May, it was only early May in the U S the rest of the world got it around the 25th which is the anniversary of Star Wars. Mm, yeah. Mm. Um, but you're talking about, so sorry, you're uh, talking about solo launched. It, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was uh, May 9th or something like that in the U S or something like that. And then it was actually launched everywhere. 25th, 23rd to the 25th, the rest of the world. Right. Yeah. Mostly the 25th. My apologies. No worries. I, I cried for a bit, but I was getting a, a lot of people in the comment sections saying that, why are they doing this? Why aren't they launching it at the traditional time of December? Which is funny because the first two trilogies, all of them released in May. May is also when uh, George Lucas's birthday is. Probably the reason the other ones did. And they only started launching in December when Disney took over. Yes, but I also agree with those people, assuming they weren't belligerent, that they should have launched it in December. Because if they had... They should have, for the reason you gave last yes, podcast, yes. which is it was too close to the other... Yeah. Uh, movie mm -hmm. right maybe they're... and it was also too close to other blockbusters yeah you know what actually to be honest based on what you just said about you know lucas's birthday and the fact that the first movie came out on the 25th i wonder if when they were putting solo out on the mate in may whether they thought that they might course correct the dates so that they were always in may for the next movie cycle because they skipped i was thinking that and i was thinking 
because of how much negativity there was from the fan base, that they were thinking, well, we'll release it on the anniversary. The fans will love that. And most of the the fans that were toxic didn't even have a bloody clue. Yeah, Mm. because Last Jedi came out a full year and a half later. It came out in December of the following year, not even that year. Yeah. So that that would... You mean Rise of Skywalker, just to correct me. Uh, Sorry, yes, of course, Rise of Skywalker. Thank you very much. Which is a shit movie. That movie fucking sucks. Let's say it again. Yeah. Fuck that movie. Rise of Pandering, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I guess we all have the same opinion. But again, people love that movie somehow. For the viewers who aren't familiar... Or the people who aren't familiar, I I love uh, Rise of Skywalker as much as uh, Adrian and Simon do. Yeah, it's true. Which I I almost wish you liked it just so that we could have a like a more even conversation because people do somehow like it. And I just don't get it. I can't understand it. I I've yet to find yeah. somebody who I can talk to who actually would admit that they like it though. So I, I I'm waiting. Uh, my best friend actually does. Oh, but I don't know if you gentlemen remember how much I kept trying to watch it again to find things I liked about it. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it twice in theaters too. I saw it with a family friend and my brother, like after you, I think we, the three of us saw it in theaters together. I'm not sure. Do we only see it the once together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Just the once. Okay. Cause I saw it twice in the theater, I believe as well. But, uh, as for the casting, the younger, uh, version of an actor, I don't think that should really be an issue for most, the most part. But if you're just doing it to keep a series going, like if you have a legitimate story to tell, sure, do it. Um, you could even get uh, – the name escapes me. The person who played him in the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. He was in Boondock Saints, I believe, as well. I think you we would be throwing this question to you, Ken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we can look it up. Norman Reedus. <laughs> yeah. uh, the other one. Troy Duffy? Is it? No. It is. Now you're going to make me actually look. It's uh, Sean Patrick Flannery. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. Troy Duffy was the one who directed uh, Boondock Saints. Mm-hmm. But uh, he played him in the uh, Young Indian Jones Chronicles. He could do it, but uh, the thing is, unless they're actually going back far enough, you're going to be getting to the point where you're getting an actor playing somebody who was the age of Harrison Ford when he started off. So why not just make a new character? Mm. Oh, I see. They should, they should bring in Nathan Drake, I think. What? Connect it. Connected the universes. I feel like I lost you on that. I don't understand. <laughs> but okay. But if they were to do a young Indiana Jones Chronicles again, that I would like, or uh, anything along those lines, or something in that world with another character. Heck, even do the adventures of uh, Henry Jones Sr. Mm. when he was younger. Yes. Yeah, that would have been cool. But for sure. I don't think Indiana Jones. Uh, Casting somebody else to play him the same age as what Harrison Ford was when he started, that seems kind of dodgy to me. Mm. So would you choose, would you then, if you had the choice, if you were a Disney executive, would you make sequel the Han Solo story? Yes, absolutely. You see what I did there? Sequel? It's not a solo anymore if it's the second one. Get it? Yeah, it'd be the Han's Han sequel. I I would definitely go to see Duo. Han sequel, yeah. the, the sequel story. Uh, yeah, Han Duo. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, that's a better one. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. But again, it would be before the age Her- Harrison Ford was or Han Solo was in uh, A New Hope. So it would be fine. It's just when you cross over and you have uh, somebody playing somebody that's the same age or older as the actor who originally played, I think it becomes weird. So it would be weird for you if, um, what's his name from Falcon and the Winter 
Winterman. Ooh, uh, if he played Luke, Bucky Barnes, Sebastian Stan, Sebastian Stan. Thank you. I always think that's nonsense. Yeah, it can't happen. Is what you're saying? Uh, because uh, Luke was a teenager, a late teen in Episode Four. What age would he be playing Luke? Yeah, we've right. Okay, pretty much seen all of Luke's life. Yeah, well, we're, we're missing. What is that? A thirty year gap, though. That's a thirty year gap, right? Am I wrong? Between Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. Ah, uh, that. Oh, you mean uh, Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens? What am I saying? Am I insane? Return of the Jedi. Yeah, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> they could do that. That actually would make sense. Well, that's what it is, though, right? Because that's yeah. what most of these shows are landing in, in terms of time period, I mean. So that's what their thought process was. But does that work? Because isn't it still problematic? Well, now, based on what Kathleen Kennedy is saying about replacing legacy actors like these legendary characters with new actors it seems like that will never happen ever yeah but yeah i'm also the one who said that i would like to see darth vader between uh three and four and we may actually be getting that yeah mm-hmm. uh one one other thing to mention as well they're making a lando series they they announced this a long time ago are they still running with it i guess i don't know who i don't know who reported on this i read this when i was looking at the research for the star wars celebration lucasfilm showcase and they were mentioning that they didn't really talk too much about ahsoka or the lando series and they showed the logo again for lando i'm like oh yeah that's happening but the assumption for me was that that was a donald glover series but Mm -hmm. well that's that's what i was gonna say no love lost against uh, Billy D. Williams, but I don't think he could play young Lando. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's a good point. So, like, the man can barely walk right now. But Billy D. Williams, it sounds like would have been their plan if they announced the Lando series. They la- they announced Lando after Solo had aired, so that you'd think that they have would have the foresight. Like, oh well, this movie's not doing as well as we thought. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, is the timeline a little messed up, or was Kathleen Kennedy kind of not? In her right mind. I think there's too many people whispering in her ear and she's... Confused? uh, Reacting. Maybe. I don't know. All I can say is that I'd love to see Donald Glover come back as Lando and um, Alden Ehrenreich come back as Han Solo. And if they could do that in the Lando series, that would be amazing. So, But maybe the Lando series isn't happening anymore. Maybe it's over. Because again, we would actually get to see the story continue then if there's a Lando because they could finish the thought process they had in uh, the uh, Han Solo solo story called Solo uh, Star Wars story. Yeah, that's, it's hard. It's hard to say. Again, you got to leave it to the professional. Only Adrian can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Han Solo solo movie called Solo Star Wars story. Thank you. Yes. Very good. Yeah. Anything else to say before we conclude this Star Wars story? Basically, what they're doing is people my generation – they're giving them everything they, they've ever wanted. Or not. Oh, yes. Your generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Because people are so negative. Yeah, my generation. Well, ignore the negative people out there. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people uh, my age or a little younger, probably, that uh, absolutely adored Willow, who absolutely adored the Amblin movies, uh, like E.T. and things like that. So this stuff is going to be just up their alley. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Adrian, anything to add? Uh, no. Uh, Rise of Skywalker is a bad movie. I imagine this is probably going to be the last time we bring up Star Wars. So, got to make sure everyone knows. Hmm. Rise of Skywalker, bad movie. Indeed. Moving on to story number two. Number two. As entertainment website IGN reports, Sony is currently working on another three TV series adaptations for major PlayStation Studios properties. First off, Sony is apparently working with streaming service Netflix to create a Horizon TV show. 
Horizon Zero Dawn, and its recent sequel, Horizon Forbidden West, follow a character by the name of Aloy, who fights robot dinosaurs in a post-apocalyptic United States in order to save humanity. The second hit property that Sony is developing into a TV series is action-adventure game series God of War. Amazon is working with Sony on this particular project, which will follow a character by the name of Kratos, who has a storied past living amongst gods of both Greek and Norse mythology. Lastly, Sony is looking to develop the ever-popular racing simulation game Gran Turismo into a TV series. There have been eight games in the Gran Turismo car racing franchise, with each game focused particularly upon honoring cars, car culture, and the racing experience, as opposed to any specific character or narrative. Sony has not partnered with anyone as of yet to help produce and distribute the Gran Turismo series, but considering Sony Pictures' penchant for working with a variety of distribution partners, almost any major film and TV distributor is likely fair game. Adrian, I'll throw this story to you. Apologies to Kenneth Stadelbar for talking about video games. Yes. What do you make of this? Well, Simon, I make a few things. I'm going to start with the Gran Turismo series. And there's two routes Sony can take this movie. They can make this into an animated Pixar-like film like Cars. And it's just going to be Cars. They're the characters. They're driving around. All that stuff, which is far less likely. The other thing. <laughs> so they're talking? Wait, the cars can talk? Yeah, the cars are like, hey, I'm I'm a Ford. I love car culture. Yeah. Hey, rem- uh, hey, there's a... Um, Nissan. Sa- yeah. Nissan. No, it's a Nissan, whatever. <laughs> Nis- Nissan. I don't know cars. <laughs> hey, I'm Honda. Hey, I'm Honda. <laughs> Honda Civic. That's me. And then there's... Uh, uh, who invited Hyundai to the party? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's dumb shit <laughs> like that. Um, that. That is definitely not likely, and I doubt will happen. I think, if anything, again, they're going to go down the path of this, making this some sort of live action, you know, film or, or TV franchise about, you know, people's love of vehicles and make it, uh, you know, down to earth and, and way more realistic. And I know they're looking at making this into a TV series, but the first thing I kind of thought of is uh, Ford versus Ferrari, directed by like James Mangold. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, how I didn't really know much about that story and about those characters, but, you know, you're following essentially the rise of, you know, Ford and F- Ferrari, like these two major car companies and them going up against each other. And I feel like you could make a pretty enticing drama around these different car companies going up against each other and having these big races and stuff like that. Um, and I, I'm curious how you can kind of uh, work this into some sort of interesting story. I'm, I'm I- just Sorry. to pause you there for a second, Gran Turismo has no characters, though. Whereas Ford versus Ferrari, that's the, kind of the beauty of that. Because mm-hmm. Matt Damon and Christian Bale are like, there's a really compelling story between the two of them. Their relationship is arguably the fuel of that. Yeah. So I do wonder like what they can create. But I feel like if they hire the right showrunner, it'll be all, all good. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah like that that's the one where i'm like actually most surprised about it. i'm like how are you gonna make this into like some sort of compelling show um but considering that most video games adaptations in terms of tv and film adaptations of video games are not great so yeah no i agree completely but like i don't know if they've even mentioned like it what kind of genre this is going to be maybe they make this into like a docuseries and it's literally just going to be about like going to different like crazy racetracks that are featured in the game and talking about different vehicles and stuff like that. That's definitely a possibility. Am I wrong thinking that? I definitely do not think you're wrong. 
Yeah, like what's that show? Sorry, Top Gear, very popular. Yeah, some. Yeah, yeah, that one. That seems right. Yeah. And the game does tend to focus on what is hot at the time of that game's release, what is the the hot wheel franchise, or else going back to a nostalgic car and throwing it in there. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking what they may do is just create their own storyline and throw it into that universe and focus on a handful of racers and how they're dealing with the different circuits. Yeah. So you're, think, you're saying fictional or? Fictional. Oh, okay. But they can showcase these hot cars as well. Like the car guys are going to want to see a, a GTR and they're going to want to see these cars and that, but have characters in that uh, behind the cars as well. That way they can get an actual audience instead of just gearheads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly. It is a very gearhead game, though, to be honest. It's a like a... Oh, for shizzle. The way it's... Just... Well, people buy $400 uh, steering wheels for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. That one, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just... I'm curious about it. I'm definitely not really interested. I'm not a car guy. I've, I've only played like Gran Turismo on like the PlayStation 1 when I was a kid, and I had no idea what the hell I was doing, and... Uh, you know, it's just, it's just not really up my alley. But if they create a interesting drama around this, then I'll probably watch it or at least give it a try. But yeah, that, that's just one I'm, I'm very curious about in terms of I think we briefly touched on, you know, this God of War series that Amazon's developing many episodes ago, because I remember this being announced like, I don't know, either earlier this year or late last year. Um, and I don't think that, uh, I'm pretty sure Amazon didn't uh, call dibs. I don't think they won the bidding war. Oh, really? At that time. I mean, Amazon might've been in the running, but that was not confirmed yet. Like Sony said that it was going to happen. I'm fairly Mm. certain this was new news. I'm almost positive. New news. Uh, well, I'll take your word for it, my friend. Um, but this one is something I'm very interested in because I have a uh, like I have a connection with the God of War like sequel sort of reboot that they made on PlayStation 4. And I didn't really have a big attachment to those original games uh, where it's, you know, just, you know, the, the I guess the Greek mythology aspect of it uh, in the God of War like reboot slash requel um, series. It takes place in like norse mythology and stuff and you know it it adds more character to kratos he has like a son that you're kind of following through these these two guys going on their journey kratos kind of developing into a better father throughout the games you know like progression i guess um and i'm i'm curious how they're gonna do this one like how they're gonna balance um because realistically what i remember of the original like god of war game um like on PlayStation two is like, there's like a scene where you, you there's a, literally like a sex mini game at the start. And, you know, Yikes, yeah. Kratos is just yelling at everyone. He's just killing a bunch of people, ripping heads off people, which I guess he rips heads off people in the reboot one, but it's really just like, he seems like a very two dimensional, just angry man character. Yeah. Where he's, he matured a lot in mm-hmm. the, the new game. Like, and that's yeah. kind of why they treated it as almost like a soft reboot. Yeah. I feel like he just became a different, more mature character. It was more nuanced is what I would describe it as. I agree. I agree. And I I wonder what they're going to do um, and how they're going to like go forward with it. Because if it's just going to be like Kratos being like, ah, I'm mad and I'm killing all these Greek gods. Like I, d- I don't think I really want to watch that. No. But if they somehow, you know, maybe merge the two stories, they, they have the more down to earth, um, you know, Kratos from the reboot sort of game, the soft reboot game with his son. Oh, there goes my clock. Maybe the last time ever on this show. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but like with his son, Atreus, uh, and then, you know, they maybe merge that story into the Greek mythology story or 
it takes place in like this Norse mythology atmosphere. We're following Kratos and his son, similar to the game. And there's just flashbacks to the Greek mythology aspect. And it shows like how Kratos used to act and stuff like that. I I think you can do quite a few interesting things with this. Um, And I'm very curious about the direction they're going to take with it. Um, Yeah. To pause you there for a second too. I want to just, cause you kind of corrected me there and you're kind of right. Like we did talk about the fact that it was in negotiations at Amazon, but it was never confirmed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Deadline had reported on that story and it was like, they're exclusive. And they said that they're, there's sources that are saying they're having conversations that largely there's large beliefs that God of War will be picked up by Amazon, but there was no, I don't think there was any announcement until now, Adrian. Oh, okay, cool. That they were actually picked up for realsies. Well, that's good to know, man. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for letting me know, Simon Eady. Maybe the last correction ever on this show. Who knows? Who knows, dude? Well, you're getting real nostalgic here. You're getting yeah. all, uh, whew. Emotional. You trying to make me cry? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love you, man. I love you. I love you too, Ken. Yeah, I love you too, Adrian. And yeah, Ken, thank you for coming on the show. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 awesome to have you here. It's great. It is. It is. Thank you. Biblically, are we in agreement that Kratos should be played by Danny DeVito? Uh, I'm just throwing that one out there. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think uh, I think he's gonna leave. It's always sunny in Philadelphia for that. Yeah. Hey, sorry. Who who do you peg? Like, and I'll give Ken a retry, unless you really think it's Danny DeVito. I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. But uh, who do you think for for Kratos? Who who would they hire for this? Like, who's your top choice, Adrian? Um, honestly, I think they could just bring in Christopher Judge. Like, Christopher Judge isn't that old. He's like fifty some odd years old. Uh, he is the voice of Kratos in the reboot game. He has like a strong stature. He's a big man. Like, yeah. I I think he would be a great choice. Just bring him into the live action series. Why the hell not? Personally, the only reason I question it a little bit is that why hasn't he been in more mainstream properties? Like he has been only in small parts in mainstream properties. I guess like he's in The Dark Knight Rises. I guess, but mm-hmm. he's mostly been lending his voice, and I I question that aspect and that Amazon's got a lot of money and I think they'll put a lot of money into it because of how beloved this character is. So I wonder if they may not think he's got the chops for it overall. Although his voice is so amazing in the game. Like I don't want to, you know, besmirch his name in that way. Like he's clearly Mm -hmm. amazing. Did he win that year for at the game awards for best voice acting? No, no, no. It was uh, the guy that played Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption. Okay. But regardless, that's the only thing I question. Otherwise, yes, I agree with you. And people, I'm sure, have a problem with the fact that he's black and Kratos is not. But I, I don't think that matters. And uh, I don't think it, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't dictate the character that he's black or white. It doesn't really matter. So he did such a great performance on the voice acting perspective. But his did he do the mocap? Like, was he there on site doing the mocap as well? Or did he have someone else doing that? Did he just do the voice? I think I think someone else did the mocap. Okay, so that's yeah. that's the question, I guess, a little bit. But otherwise, good choice. The person I would choose potentially is Jason Momoa. Um, yeah, I think but, that's a one of the more obvious ones. Yeah, I would rather they went if they can't use the original voice actor, go for an unknown because everyone's going to throw in Jason Momoa, uh, Henry Cavill, you know, somebody that everybody pictures playing video game characters or superhero characters. Mm-hmm. Henry Cavill, I don't know that could pull it off. 
He's got the stature shirt, certainly, but it's interesting. It doesn't look tough enough. <laughs> I, I don't know. It does. Yeah, like I think he's... Never thought of that one, actually. Yeah. I, I think... His voice is maybe... Yeah, that's the issue. And I feel like Henry Cavill, he's like... I mean, he's a buff and stuff, but he's not like... He's not as wide as like I imagine Kratos being. He's a pretty wide guy. He's wider than Jason Momoa, I think. Is he? Isn't he? I think he's a great actor, too. Yeah. But it's just... It seems to be... People have the habit of casting the the same handful of people. Mm-hmm. I think another great option for the casting. I have two actions. Don't say the Rock. I have no. I'm not going to say the Rock. Don't you dare. Uh, I have two actually. I think another more obvious choice would be Dave Bautista. Hmm. I think that would be a great choice. He's a big buff dude. He has an angry voice, loud, deep. I think that would be a pretty great option. That could be like a that could be like a role that he would win. I feel like this could be a role that you could win an Emmy for. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could that's a good choice. That's a it's not bad. That actually is perfect because uh, he has shown that he has pretty good acting chops. So yeah. And then the last choice that I would say this is kind of a, like a curveball maybe, but um, the guy that plays the Hound in Game of Thrones, uh, Rory McCann, I think. He could do a pretty good job playing a Kratos too. Not the mountain. Not the mountain. No, I I don't. I feel like the mountain was a little bit one dimensional. I I don't think that guy's like traditionally an actor. I think he's just one of the strongest human beings alive on planet Earth. Rory McCann is a really good choice. Damn, what a good. How long have you thought about this? Uh, About six to eight years. Um, (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. the, The other thing to say to you, Ken, too, is like. You mentioned that they should cast a relative unknown if they don't cast the, the original voice actor. Technically, Christopher Judge is also not the original voice actor. They already replaced him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, he hasn't been replaced. He was the, the last guy to inhabit that role, but they had somebody else in it before. Okay. So it's it's already kind of been swapped. I never actually played. I've just seen clips. So Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I'm just, uh, just filling in some background there. Yeah. And then I guess the final thing to bring up about the story is the uh, first thing that you mentioned, actually, is the Horizon Netflix developed TV series based on the Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West games. Uh, The sequel, um, Horizon Forbidden West, I think you're still playing it, Simon, and I did play it earlier this year. This franchise is awesome. I think this franchise can really lend itself to a, you know, like a wider audience. It's a super unique and cool world. Like it's this post post apocalyptic United States with these like robotic dinosaurs roaming, you know, the plant like the earth while these, you know, uh, you know, people are essentially using like old tools like bows and arrows and shit to take these like big robots down and it's fucking awesome it's a really great idea the only kind of worry about this i have is like i think you would need a really big budget to make this show look good um in like a live action form so i'm curious if they're gonna go that route or go down a route of like more um like anime style kind of like what they did with like the castlevania netflix series i want to draw attention to that actually so i i was looking for sources for this just to Mm -hmm. see who was talking about it i was looking at variety and deadline and the hollywood reporter and they weren't kind of you know know, their their stories were cool but it was this was based on like an earnings report or something like that that sony released uh that this story with the, the fact that they're making a horizon show a god of war show and a gran turismo show Mm-hmm. But the IGN article never says whether it's going to be animated or not. One of the articles I was reading on Mobile Syrup, which is like a Canadian website, specifically 
just called it a live action. These were going to be live action shows. And I just mm. thought that was odd because I never saw that. Did you ever see, I'm guessing not because you're suggesting that Horizon could be animated mm-hmm. um, when they actually finally make this show at Netflix. Yeah. But it's strange that there was a like a weird assumption that for some reason they would make live action series for each of these properties. But I, I did not get that impression. It sounds like you didn't either. Yeah, no. I think it would be a lot easier to make an anime or an just an animated series at Netflix. But you know who's making very few animated series, or at least they made huge cuts to that recently, Adrian? Netflix. Is Netflix. Yeah, Simon, you're right. You're definitely right. We talked about that a little while ago. And it, it's funny because they cut so many of these animated series. And now if they introduce another one, it's almost like a weird backtrack. They even fired one of the guys who's in charge of animated series at Netflix. Would it be different though if Sony completely developed it on their own and they just brought it in? Yes, it's true. Because um, it wouldn't be in house. Yeah, it's a good point. But mm. yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Like like Arcane, I guess. Yeah. Arcane was a huge success. God, that show's fucking so good for Netflix. Like that's the mm-hmm. League of Legends based series that it's really well animated. Damn, really beautiful animation. Yeah, that that, that show's amazing. I love that show. God damn. Certainly, Horizon can come off as very cheesy. Mm-hmm. If they do not have a budget, as you suggested. Yeah. Because it's a pretty, there's a lot going on there. And the amount of CG for just the robot dinosaurs alone is, that's tremendous. So yeah, it's a tremendous undertaking. Yeah, man. But I don't know if Netflix is going to have the budget to do that because they're, again, they are, have been making cuts. Mm-hmm. Like if something like the Gray Man doesn't do well because of how much they spent on that, uh, I, I wonder whether they're going to be, making some serious decisions about what might be next in terms of their round of cuts. But mm-hmm. And yeah, man, like honestly, just to add on that like CG point, if Disney can't even get it right with their like big shows, uh, we talked about the She-Hulk trailer, how like oh. She-Hulk looks like a fucking Aye. uncanny valley looking motherfucker. Like what the, like what the hell, you know, like if they, if Disney <laughs> arguably like one of the richest companies in the world can't get it right, like how the hell is Netflix supposed to do it? That being said, it's not the finished product in all likelihood. Yeah. But even Moon Knight, I would make the argument with some of those CG scenes. Although the characters in Moon Knight looked great, um, like the CG characters, I think the the CG in that show is just like bleh. The, the thing I noticed the most in terms of bad CG, though, is on the characters. When the characters mm-hmm. don't look great. Like, for instance, having a, a de-aged <laughs> character in certain properties, sometimes it just doesn't work out that well. It's distracting for me. Mm-hmm. And I, honestly, that's when I'll point it out. We all know that Adrian points out. You always point out, Adrian, the really bad CG in properties. But the, the times I pointed out is always the weird de-aging or like the weird like graphics when it's a literal character. And it's just so distracting because you're trying to focus on what they're saying, what they're emoting, what, they're, what, what message they're trying to put across. But it's, it's hard to really discern that when you've got like this green lady who looks like not a real person, mm-hmm. but hopefully Ken is right. And this is not the finished product. Well, she looked as bad as the Ang Lee Hulk. Yes, that's a good call call out, yeah. The Pillsbury Doe Hulk. Um, However, I have a feeling that this is before the layering, because that's what it looks like it's lacking, is just the layering. Layering? Layers. Layering, yes. Oh, layering. Oh, sorry. I thought you said... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But why would you release this? This is like a short trailer. You'd think you'd just release a short teaser. Like, do you need to release this trailer now? I like. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It is. 
it is very weird. But um, yeah, I'm excited about this uh, Horizon show. I hope it's an animated one, uh, personally. I think the God of War one is going to be live action, because I think you can do that in live action fairly well, I'm hoping. Uh, it would seem more epic in li- live action. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. But the thing that I would like to point out about God of War, I don't know if I, we pointed it out when we talked about the fact that Amazon might be picking it up, like mm-hmm. way back. I think there was like, that would have been in March. So, But I wonder... Could they pull off, because this is the, my favorite thing about the God of War PS4 game, could they pull off a one-shot wonder? Ooh. A show that literally runs in one shot. That would be the greatest thing ever, because no one's done... I, I mean, name a show that's doing that right now. I don't think there is one. There's shows that do that, like the Daredevil fight scenes run for a long period without turning away. It's maybe different for a game, though, because you're playing... You're always seeing the shoulder, behind yeah. the shoulder shot of the character, but imagine they could pull that off in a tv series yeah i mean they do it for movies right like they did it for birdman even though it's not like one shot the movie feels like it's one shot or even um yeah a 1917 that movie yeah oh so good right that's an action movie too so that's even a better example mm-hmm. so uh that would be dope that's actually a brilliant idea if they do that that'd be fucking awesome man yeah so good oh man i hope they do that me too me too but I'm still, out of all the Sony properties that are coming out in uh, either live action or animated form in, in movies slash TV, I'm still most excited for The Last of Us, the HBO Last of Us series. Goddamn. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. I thought it was Gran Turismo as a Cars remake. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah. That's a close second. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But yeah, me too. The Last of Us is definitely, the the, the actors they chose, the creators that are making it, that is uh, incredibly, I'm I'm so incredibly excited. And I'm curious, Ken, are you excited for that at all? It, it, like, do you know anything about it? Or Yes. I, I, again, have never played the game, but I do know enough about it that it, I'm excited to see it, if it's done well. Yeah, I think that's always the caveat. I'd imagine it will be done well. And I must say that the makeup for that show is... He's going to be off the chain if they do it properly too, because like the clickers, even Adrian, I think you can attest, like they look pretty freaky. That's going to be mm-hmm. really cool if they can do that properly. So I think that- See, that's for me, uh, one of the big things is, are they going to uh, get some phenomenal makeup happening? Or are they going to cop out and use CG makeup? Yeah, I don't know. I, again, yeah, I don't think so. I think, I think they're, they're going to go double down on like the makeup aspect because honestly, like there have been- um, like even Last of Us shorts, like on YouTube and stuff with some very well, like made clickers, um, using low budget makeup. So with like the backing of HBO and again, the creators behind it, I don't think they're going to cheap out on like making like shitty CG animated clickers and stuff, unless there's like a horde of them. Clickers, by the way, just to oh, yeah. clarify, clickers are basically versions of zombies within that la- the Last of Us mm-hmm. world, but they're very creepy op overpowered zombies i guess yeah uh, th- yeah they make clicking sounds because the the fungus grew and blinded them which is like such a cool idea god yeah yeah cool super cool man that's the last news story ever for the news story p- portions for now at least yeah yeah, you keep mentioning that. You're, I think you're trying to convince me to stop the hiatus very soon after we get <laughs> one episode 101 right away, it seems like. Because every single thing we do, you're like, oh, that's the last version of this particular thing. This is the last time we say uh, we're bringing it back, baby, for for the show Split Focus. Psych, we're bringing it back again, baby. We're bringing it back. It's layers. Layers like an onion, like Shrek. 
bringing it back bringing back bringing it back sure bringing it back okay it's time now to move on to the montage a sequence of our show in which i briefly present 11 of the week's smaller news stories as adrian and kenneth deliver brisk verdicts number one as publication deadline reports netflix's jason bateman starring crime drama ozark season four part two launched at number one on the charts for most watched streaming series for the week of its release, according to the data collection company Nielsen Ratings. Ozark's 44 episodes collected just under 2.6 billion watch minutes for the week of April 29th to May 1st and is projected to keep pace for the following week. Awesome. Well-deserved, like I said at the beginning of the show. Ozark is brilliant, and it deserves to be watched by many. Number two. As Publication Variety reports, after the Baz Luhrmann-directed, Austin Butler-starring Elvis Presley-centered film, Elvis, premiered at Cannes Film Festival this week, it received a 12-minute long standing ovation from the audience. This was reported as the longest standing ovation during the 2022 Cannes Film Festival. This is actually quite good, though, because, well, it makes him as popular as Freddy vs. Jason because they also got one. But I don't know if you gentlemen have been watching the trailers for it. Yes. Yes. It looks like it might be slightly fictionalized, but they are getting back to what actually inspired Elvis. I hated him in the 70s when he was alive because he had a cult following. They didn't acknowledge the music he got or he based his music on. Now they're showing that, yes... This is black music reinterpreted by Elvis. And there's one line in there Tom Hanks does as Colonel Parker, basically saying this is the end of Elvis the person and the beginning of Elvis the God. And that alone had me interested. That in the makeup. Cool. I think Mark Coley designed the makeup and then uh, Sean Genders applied it, but. Sweet. Number three. As Deadline has reported, while Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav pushes to find $3 billion in cost savings across his new company, the $200 million production costs for executive producer J.J. Abrams' upcoming science fiction TV series Demimond are currently sitting under a microscope. But Abrams reportedly will not budge on his budget for the series, and as a result, pre-production remains at a standstill. Oh, interesting. I feel like this is something to be cancelled, probably. Uh-oh. Number four, as Variety reports, West Side Story actor Rita Moreno has been cast as Vin Diesel's character's grandmother in the upcoming Louis Leterrier Fast and Furious franchise sequel, Fast 10. This is awesome, actually. Uh, The definition of elder abuse. We've been following Fast and Furious for 20 years, and he's never visited her once. (laughs) (laughs) Number five, as Variety has reported, Production has wrapped on writer-director Reese Waterfield's Winnie the Pooh horror comedy film, Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey. The new movie will see the recent public domain characters Winnie the Pooh and Piglet go on a murderous rampage after being abandoned by Christopher Robin. I am very excited about this movie. It seems stupid and I can't wait. Number six. As reported on by Variety, Saturday Night Live, prominent cast members Kate McKinnon, A.D. Bryant, Pete Davidson, and Kyle Mooney have all left the cast for Saturday Night Live on the recent finale of SNL's 47th season. For me, that's a good move. They should always, if they're going to continue the series, they should always have fresh faces. And it also gives the established comedians, actors, a chance to branch out into movies. Number seven. As Variety reports, the Jamie Foxx, Gerard Butler starring crime drama film Law Abiding Citizen is getting a sequel from original Law Abiding Citizen screenwriter Kurt Wimmer and producer Luke Foster. 
This is wild because um, not only did this movie come out like 13 years ago, but it's also rated incredibly poorly. I did like this movie though when it came out. Number eight. It's followed by a publication, The Hollywood Reporter. The Silence of the Lambs star Jodie Foster has been cast in HBO's Arctic set crime drama, True Detective, season four. Hello, Clarice. No, I definitely think she's going to do a good job. She's a fantastic actor, so it's going to be fun. Number nine, as Variety reports, Russian doll screenwriter Kuroko Dunlap is showrunning an Amazon animated series called The Hospital that follows the goings-on in an intergalactic hospital and is set to star Russian doll actor Natasha Lyonne and The Good Place actor Maya Rudolph. The hospital has already been greenlit by Amazon for two seasons. This seems just like a super cool premise and something I definitely want to check out when it comes out. Number 10. As Variety reports, the Christine Baranski starring The Good Wife flaw drama spin-off series The Good Fight will be ending after its sixth season. Seriously, no opinion of it. It's nothing that has attracted me. <laughs> That's fair. Number 11. <laughs> Let it die. What? Let it die. Oh, <laughs> oh that's shit. Number 11. As Variety reports, J.J. Abrams is executive producing a live-action TV series adaptation of the Japanese car racing anime series Speed Racer for streaming service Apple TV+. I have no real connection to this anime series, but I know there is a live-action movie, which I also don't have a connection to. Um, and Apple TV... <laughs> Yeah, just that. Just that, actually. <laughs> and that concludes the montage. Which I you the final montage for now. Indeed. 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 Adrian? Adrian. Yeah. Tell me, my friend. What do you have for me? What do you have for me? And what do you have for Kenneth? Well, I got new releases for you, gentlemen. <gasps> I got new releases for you. No way. This is for the week. Of May 30th to June the 5th, which is a Monday to a Sunday. But this week, Simon, it's a little different because there's only movies coming out on Friday, June 3rd from what I could find. Whoa. But what I'm going to do this week is I'm bringing it back, baby. The hit segment of of the show, did I write this or, or was this written by the, 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 the actual thing? What? Remember that hit segment of the show? Did I write it or did someone else or whatever? What was it? I forget. Yeah, yeah. Was the synopsis was the synopsis plagiarized by you? Did you, did I plagiarize the synopsis? Isn't that yeah? That yeah that that hit segment of our show. We're bringing it back, baby. Oh, good times. All right, you guys ready? So you're gonna basically read what movies are coming out. You're gonna describe them to us, and the description can either be fake, like as in you wrote them, or mm. the actual official studio wrote it. Is basically the the gist. You remember this, Ken, right? You you've listened to mm. all oh yeah, all hundred episodes. Well, we're writing the hundredth one, I guess, right now. But anyway, mm -hmm. one of my favorite parts of the show. Yeah. Oh, bringing it back, bringing it back. Okay, so the first one is a movie called Interceptor. This is a Netflix original. All these movies again coming out Friday, June third. Uh, is a Netflix original movie directed by Matthew Riley, and it's an action movie that's about an army captain trying to save the world. Hmm. Did I write this or did I plagiarize this? You wrote it. Ken? I was going to say it's so vague that you plagiarized it. Mm. So, plot twist. I plagiarized this, but not from the movie studio, but from whoever wrote it in the What's Coming to Netflix website. So, you're both get a half point. 
Oh, wait, there's more than one plagiarized thing? Because that's not how this competition works. Oh, baby, I'm bringing it back for the final episode. I'm doing twists and turns. You ready? What? You should have told me that. I, I would have uh, guessed differently uh, uh, based uh, uh, on those parameters. Yeah. So you're plagiarizing more than one. Jeez, Louise, you're supposed to have plagiarized one. That was the rule. Damn. Okay, fine. I have, fine, Adrian, continue. I have plagiarized one of these from the movie studio, though. Okay, you guys ready? I'm going to continue. Hollywood Stargirl. This is a Disney Plus original movie, but it's not the superhero, though. Definitely you. Not plagiarized. Ken? Oh, definitely that's you. Yeah, it is. Ah, oh, guys, you guys are good at this. God dang it. Apparently I'm not. I'm 50% failure rate here, but continue. Yeah. <laughs> Next up is a movie called Dash Cam. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie, and it's a Blumhouse horror movie with a paranormal... <laughs> It's about to say with Wait. a paranormal twist. Definitely you. <laughs> Definitely you. Ken? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say that one was you. Ah, you guys are so good at this. You guys are so good. I don't think so. That one was pretty – that was a gimme for sure. <laughs> All right, good stuff. All right, next up, we got uh, Freak Scene, the story of Dinosaur Jr., this is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie about the trailblazing band Dinosaur Jr. Definitely you. Plagiarized. Oh, God. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. Simon, you are right. Aha. And Ken Ooh. is indeed wrong. So Simon is in the lead by. Um... No, I'm tied. Wait, what did you get wrong? The first one. Oh, no. The Interceptor one. You guys both got a half point because Ken didn't specify that I plagiarized it from a thing. And then you said that I didn't plagiarize it from a movie studio. So you guys get half points there. Sorry. <laughs> Why is that even a rule? I made it up. The it's assumption my, is you plagiarized it from the internet. This is my game. <laughs> I can do what I want. <laughs> That's fair, I guess. Okay. So Simon's leading with one and a half points. Simon, or Ken, you're at. 0.5 points um next up is a movie called the overnight this is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet the hyphen numbers.com and the apple tv app this is a video on demand movie and the description is a wild death loop haunts a couple in a spooky hotel a wild death loop mm -hmm. that's you you wrote that mm -hmm. ken yeah ah oh, you guys are both right ah gosh dang it Good stuff. And I realized that the points that I gave out was wrong um, because you guys got all the other ones right as well, except for one. So Simon leads by one point is how I should have said it last time. Yes. Um, so anyways, good stuff. Next up is a movie called The Time Capsule. This is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, the-numbers.com and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie. It's about a person that comes back from space after 20 years but they never aged a day. That's definitely you. You, mm. you had to paraphrase during the actual description. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> There's words missing in the actual the sentence. You just added words as you went. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wait, you're going to blame voice to text? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> it was voice to text, obviously. It's always voice to text, baby. Always voice yep. to text, except when it's not. All right. Okay, next up is a movie called Watcher. This is confirmed by Movie Insider in the trailer. This is coming to theaters, but not ours, as far as I can tell. It's about a young actress, and it's uh, a young actress is stalked by a serial killer. Ken? That's plagiarized. Yeah, I think it's plagiarized as well. 
Boom! You're both wrong. Watch out! Watch out! Oh, you got us. Totally original writing. Totally original. I'm amazing. I'm the oh. best. God damn it! And then the final one. Are you guys ready? Yes. Oh, I'm ready. Crimes of the Future. This is confirmed by Cineplex. It's coming to theaters. All right. As the human species adapts to a synthetic environment, the the body (laughs) undergoes new transformations and mutations. Accompanied by his partner, celebrity performance artist Saul Tenser showcases the metamorphoses of his organs. Meanwhile, a mysterious group tries to use Saul's notoriety to shed light on the next phase of human evolution. Definitely plagiarized. Plagiarized. <laughs> ah, you guys got me. Good job. Uh. I, I, I had this weird feeling that you wouldn't have done this and that you would have maybe tried to write that yourself. But I was like, hey, no. <laughs> that would have taken you a long time to write. Because there's like a lot of very specific words. And I feel like you'd have to have a pretty good understanding of the plot line for mm-hmm. crimes of the future. Yeah. It's a David Cronenberg movie. Oh, really? Oh, I did hear about this movie. Yeah. I was just going to say not a great, like a big week for movies, but it's David Cronenberg. So that's that's one. Is there yeah. anything else here that you guys are interested in watching? Because is anything even coming to theaters here? Uh, No, no. Well, Watcher is, but not our theaters. Like not widely. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. It, Watcher is widely in the United States, just not in Canada. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to watch Hollywood Stargirl. That's coming out on Disney Plus. That's not the superhero, though. That's my most anticipated movie. <laughs> what is that about? I have no clue. I was just being facetious. I genuinely don't know. Oh, okay. I, like, I get to know. I believe it's about a singer. Ah, like that. Yes. Sure. Thanks. Sure, buddy. Not the sewing machine either. This. Yeah. I am excited for Crimes of the Future, though. This looks cool. It's like this, like crazy horror movie apparently uh like like david cronenberg's like goal or whatever was to have people walk out of the movie within the first 15 minutes oh really because it's like so unsettling and i i don't know how accurate this is but my buddy eric told uh told me about this that like apparently people were having panic attacks by the end of the movie oh no so so i'm just like i'm watching this i'm going to the theater to watch this yeah i'm gonna be going to see that one too but that's not widely in cineplex is it like it's not? It here. is. It is. Yeah. Oh, it is. Oh shit. Okay. It's confirmed by Cineplex, Simon. I know, but we don't get movies like this though. Like in our Cineplex near us, like it might be in like uh, like more downtown Toronto area or like Mississauga, but typically we we get skipped. That's what I mean. Um, usually at like the Woodlawn like Guelph Theater, it'll have like one theater that plays it like twice a day or something. Because like Men, as an example, that played in Guelph, I think. Uh, so yeah, uh, Crimes of the Future is playing at the Guelph Galaxy Cineplex um, on the on the Thursday and Friday. Sweet, or at least sorry, at least the Thursday, sorry June second because it's like the early release. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Alrighty then. That's and that's it. it. That's, that's all, all, baby. For the final time, at least for now. That's it. That's all the new releases for you. That's it. That's all. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, normally, this would be the end of our regular scheduled programming for this podcast, but uh, I thought we'd throw in an extra little an extra little segment of our show, just because this is the 100th episode, Adrian, in a row, which, mm-hmm. just, to, just to say again, man, thank you for you know going on this journey with me for 100 episodes straight, consecutive weeks, we have not missed one episode, which mm-hmm. is pretty wild, I think. I think it's pretty impressive, personally, so you know, kudos to you. Thank you for writing the new releases every year. 
every year, every week. I mean, technically that too. Yeah. Every year as well. But thank you for doing that. And uh, thank you for joining me, you know, pretty much again, it, it, we're running on a strict Saturday schedule, pretty much. It was almost every Saturday. There was a couple weeks in which we had to shuffle things around to record Fridays, et cetera. But for the most part, we, again, we were pretty consistent and uh, yeah, again, I, I appreciate you and uh, thanks for joining me. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for letting me join you on this wild journey. And uh I really enjoyed it. I'll say a couple more things at the end of the show. But yeah, man, I I love doing this. And thanks for Ken for writing in so many weeks and anyone else that wrote in um, over the past hundred episodes. It's been uh, it's been a really fun ride. And uh, yeah. But anyways, let's jump into this this little segment that that you got cooked up, Simon. Yeah, it's a small segment. We were going to do this uh, technically before we decided to potentially end our podcast, episode 100 uh, for the this hiatus. But this segment is basically almost like a mid-year marker segment. It's the idea of like what were the favorite things that we've watched so far in 2022. We're not quite at the mid-year, but we're very close. And uh, also, what are the most anticipated movies or TV series or things in general? This, I don't know. It depends. We're not going to list video games here. But movies or TV series, really, um, that we're excited for that are coming by the end of 2022. So yeah, I'm going to throw, let's just do the first thing first, uh, which is basically favorite things that we've watched in 2022 so far. Uh, so TV shows or movies, Ken, I'll throw it to you first. What is the first kind of thing that you've chosen here for your favorite thing that you've watched in 2022 so far? I'm super curious. The absolute favorite right now would be Chippendale. Oh, as silly as that sounds. Oh, Okay. Nice. It was that good. Yeah. It's great. Why? So, what? What? Why is that your choice? Uh, cleverly written. Uh, a lot of stuff that was nostalgic, but if you didn't watch the original series, you'd still get things out of it. Uh, adult content as well as kid content. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great choice. I watched Chippendale uh, Rescue Rangers, by the way, the Andy Samberg. Well, thanks for catching up with us, John Mulaney uh, <laughs> movie. I, we watched it. Right after pretty much we recorded the last podcast in which Adrian said he loved the movie. So thank you, Adrian and Ken, for your recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. The references mm-hmm. are hilarious. And there's some references in there from – there's one particular reference from a certain property that I was like shocked at. Yeah, I think I know what you're thinking about. <laughs> um, I'm not going to reveal it here because it's a spoiler, but it was just hilarious. There's a lot of them in, in there, but there's just one particular one at a uh, – like a Comic-Con type event. <laughs> That's just, uh, wow. I was shocked. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. That and it does poke fun of itself as Disney Studios and that a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it pokes fun at itself. The, the the animation styles are wild, as Adrian mentioned last week on episode 99. Like, it's crazy what they mashed up into a live action movie. And yet somehow it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cohesive. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, cool. Adrian? What was the best one of the, one of the favorite things you've watched for 2022? Um, one of the favorite things I watched for 2022 is Scream Five. Oh, nice. Um, for me, that is just an absolutely stellar horror movie, like a, almost like a horror comedy in, in a way. It's meta, um, all the meta commentary. It's just like this mystery whodunit. I am a new Scream fan. I watched all the movies this year and. To me, I think Scream 5 is actually my favorite of all five. It's uh, 
it's just brilliantly done. It's such a fun watch. I want to rewatch it, even though I've already watched it like two times in theaters. Um, it's one of the one of my favorite movies of this year. Um, and it's really great. I love it. And I know, Ken, you, you really like this movie too, right? Yeah. It, again, it blew me away because uh, even though Wes Craven has passed away, it's a Wes Craven movie. It, it's his style. This is directly all the elements from one. It's both fresh and it's all the familiar hitting points, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Cool. Definitely, man. What about you, Simon? Um, favorite thing I watched this year by far, and I think you know what it is, Adrian. It yeah, was it's- everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I didn't bring it up, because I knew you were going to. <laughs> yeah, it's just so good. That movie is so good. Michelle Yeoh, uh, directed by the Daniels. It's got uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in it. And uh, it's the best multiverse uh, movie of the year, that's for sure. That's for damn sure. But um, it's just remarkable. The amount of detail in this movie and the ability of these directors and these writers, the Daniels, to be able to, to somehow pull together a cohesive story out of the complexities of what they actually did is just mm-hmm. crazy. It's crazy. And there's so many ridiculous, funny gags in it. It's an action movie. It's got some insane martial arts in it. It's just, uh, wow. I, I was, I was blown away and I expected it to be good, but I did not expect it to be that good. Yeah. It was shocking. And it still shocks me now thinking about it. I, I almost want to just watch that again. Yeah. But, uh, as soon as it comes on uh, Blu-ray or whatever, or available for rental or on a streaming service, I'm going to watch it. Might partake in watching that that baby again because I feel I feel like there's things we might not have even noticed because there's just so much going on. But yeah, it's truly amazing. I agree, man. I agree. I that uh, that is also my favorite thing I watched this year. Um, I just knew you were going to bring it up, so I would say I brought up my second favorite thing I watched all year. So that's fair. I put the option to choose the second favorite thing, like as a runner-up type situation. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have a runner-up that you're thinking of for 2022 for the favorite things you've watched? Ken, do you have Morbius? Morbius, so That's, good. I Ken. think we're all going to say Mor- Morbius. <laughs> Is that Ken's? Ken, are you going with that for realsies? No. Okay. Uh, for real, Obi Wan. Oh. Oh. Okay. That's interesting. I didn't see that coming only because mm-hmm. you mentioned the rushed thing. I thought I was a little worried that you might not like it in the end. No, no, no. It's just. Uh, the intro, I think, should have uh, been more backstory, but uh, it was bloody brilliant. I loved it. Um, and that's including we both know that I love Spider-Man. There were a few things that came out that I have enjoyed, but it's just this is exactly what I wanted. Mm. Sweet. Nice, man. That's great. Adrian? Um, definitely not Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> more like Snorbius. No Morbius. It was a Morbiusly great time. Come on. Uh, I. I'm I'm gonna leave the theater and close the door, Bius. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, wow! Man's got rhymes. You're just not gonna let all that go, are you? This movie, I hated so much. I want to bash my head against the floor, Bius. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Wow! Come uh, on, you're standing. We're, we're sitting in a chat room with Ken here, and Ken kind of liked the movie, so just tone it down a little bit there, Adrian. It's not very polite, okay? He's our guest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, Ken. Sorry, Ken. That's okay. But not really. I, I don't like that movie. You can't see my tears. <laughs> um, If I had to bring up one more movie that I really love that I watched this year, it would be Turning Red. One Morbius movie? One Morbius movie. Uh, it would be Turning Red, Um, the Disney Plus oh. um, release Pixar animated um, film. It has so much love and care put into it. We all know that I can relate to a little uh, Asian girl 
um, fairly easily. Um, so obviously I really enjoyed this movie. And it is another one that's good on multiple levels, like uh, not just the growing up, but the metaphor for puberty for all the other stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. It's a really good choice. Brilliant choice. It is indeed a good choice. And you? My last choice there, guys, is... I was going to say Coda, but that's not from this year. So that doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. That's technically launched in 2021. Yeah. Unless you watched it again. I don't know. No. Well, no. I think we were trying to keep it to 2022 released things because mm-hmm. it just makes it more succinct. Although the, the rules weren't necessarily written clear here in the document. But regardless... um. <laughs> I, I would probably say I'm torn between a few movies that I really, really liked that we watched. And I feel like I'm going to go with the Batman. Oh, yep. I just uh, so good. Matt Reeves, the director, Matt Reeves, just did a great job. Robert Pattinson's take mm-hmm. on the Cape Crusader. Very good. The music by Michael Giacchino. So good. Cinematography um, by Greg Fraser. Wow. So good. There's a shot. Anytime I think of the Batman, I just think of that. The overhead shot uh, of of him like walking through like water with the flare. Mm-hmm. It's so good. yeah, it's a good one. It's it's just so good. There's so many good moments like that though. The 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 Batman walking and you kind of hear that kind of jingle of his like almost like spurs in his boots. It's just so yeah, so daunting and everyone's even ignoring it as a, a superhero movie. If you watch it again as just a detective thriller kind of thing, it's it still hits all the marks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, Marks, the uh, the brother to um, Karl Marx, the the the, yep. the socialist. We're back to Groucho. <laughs> yeah, Groucho, who's that? For some reason, <laughs> <laughs> that's a new bit. Apparently, ah, that's a new bit. Bringing it back, baby. Bringing it back. No, but Bat Reeves did a really great job on the Batman. I, I love that movie too. I swear, after we saw that, I was grabbing people, talking about, okay, how fantastic is this movie? Yeah, pretty fantastic. It, and hopefully, the Bat Reeves verse turns out pretty great. We got mm-hmm. one thing. It's like we're, we're one for one so far. So I'm hoping that the show is coming out about Arkham. Actually, wait, which one's coming out first? The Penguin. I guess the Penguin show is coming out first. Yeah, Penguin is. Yeah, yeah, Penguin. Sorry, the what? Penguin show. The Penguin. Yeah, there we go. The Penguin. Good. Good stuff. Glad we cleared that up. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. So let's move on to the, the next question there, which was, what, my friends, is your most anticipated movie or TV series coming for the last half of 2022? Ooh. Ken, I will once again throw it to you first as our honored guest. Okay. Well, with you know all the Star Wars content and all the superhero content, None of the above. I'm <gasps> stoked to see Werewolf by Night, the uh, Halloween special. Ah, yeah. Uh, directed by Michael Giacchino. 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 His, his directorial debut. Pretty, pretty exciting, dude. It is. It is exciting. Sorry, isn't that technically a Marvel thing? It is a Marvel thing, but it's definitely he isn't a superhero. Mm. Uh, okay. Um, All right. This may be their first horror. Oh, I heard he's a werewolf by night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I would argue that Doctor Strange and the uh, the do- the Doctor Sh- in oh. Doctor's Mad is the first horror. Yeah, it yeah. actually does do all the horror elements. You're correct. Yeah. But I've been stoked about Werewolf by Night as soon as I heard the rumors of it. So sorry for my ignorance, but I can't remember exactly. Is this just one movie type situation, like a two hour event, it- or are they doing it like a small series, like three episodes? Do you know? I, I didn't see anything about that. Maybe I just missed it. Hmm. I don't think they ever made it clear, but I think it's a one-off. Okay. 
So it might just be one episode. Because they said it was a Halloween special, so cool. I guess it would be even specialer if it was more than one part, but... Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Adrian, what is the most anticipated movie or TV series in 2022 for you? Uh, well, Simon, not to beat off a dead horse. Um, I don't, that, no, that's not the phrase. The, you know, Thor, the... Uh, Thor for the fourth Thor uh, starring Gore um, that I'm pretty excited about, but no, that's not oh, my cool. most anticipated. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm oh. going to take a step back. I just wanted to make that joke. <laughs> Bringing it back, baby beating off dead horses. It's what we do here. Uh, Necro bestiality. Um, I mean, I, I've said many a times Jurassic world dominion is my most anticipated movie. So I feel like that's kind of a cop out bringing that up again. I am super stoked about it. Uh, I can't wait to watch it and talk about it. Um, but <laughs> Do you notice the cheating method this is, Ken? He's like naming off all of these options so he doesn't have to choose one Mm -hmm. specifically. I was sure he was going to say the uh, Jurassic World one. Yeah. Again, I feel like it's a compound. Yeah. He did kind of say it though. Yeah, I did. He did kind of say it, just to be clear. So – I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit of a curveball. You guys ready? The my most anticipated movie after um, Jurassic World is Jordan Peele's Nope. Oh. I'm very, very excited about that movie. I think Jordan Peele has knocked it out of the park with his previous two horror movies. I really loved those films. I think he did a really good job balancing almost comedy, uh, more so with us and these horror elements and just creating a very awesome world and story in both of those movies. And it's just uh, something very unique. And this Nope movie um, looks awesome. The trailer looks great. And uh, I would say that's probably my most anticipated one. Excellent. All I have to say to you, Adrian, in regards to your first choice, there is, yep. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. Yeah, you're welcome. Anyway, um, my choice, I got a toss up here, but I'm not going to do the Adrian cop out and name them all. (laughs) Hmm. Let's hear your top 15. Um, Yeah. But my choice, actually, I don't know because I don't know what it's going to be like. But I'm going to say, "Don't worry, darling." The <gasps> Olivia Wilde directed movie, which has an absolute killer trailer. Mm-hmm. What a trailer! Just like you mentioned, Nope has a great trailer. This does too, and this is like got some horror elements there too, some thriller elements, and Olivia Wilde's kind of first uh, directorial, you know, debut as Adrian calls it, or debut debut, yeah. Um, Booksmart was awesome like starring Beanie Feldstein. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was a really good movie. And I feel like this one's also going to be incredible. It's got some amazing acting talent attached and uh, with Harry Styles and Florence Pugh and uh, Chris Pine. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you see that trailer there, Ken? I actually didn't. Oh, okay. It's worth uh, taking a look at. So I'm going to have to watch it. Well, don't worry, darling. You have plenty of time to watch it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, good. Back to Ken. Ken, do you have another? I'm sure you do. I'm sure you've got like 15, but what's your, what's your second most anticipated property coming out in 2022? <laughs> Basically, it's going to be all the ones that Adrian chooses. Thor for sure. Uh, Dominion for sure. But I'm going to say Andor. Oh. Oh, so soon too. We didn't really talk about that on the Star Wars segment. We talked about the Star Wars. I feel like Star Wars for like an hour and a half, but uh, we, we didn't really say like, I, I didn't say at least. It's so cool that first of all, it's 12 episodes. And secondly, it's coming out in August. I just didn't expect it to come that soon. I kind of figured it would be mm-hmm. at the end of the year. So, yeah, good, good call. Good call on that. Yeah, sweet. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Adrian, 
your second most anticipated TV or film property to come out this year? I think it's DC League of Super Pets. No, <laughs> 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 no I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. That's a good question, uh, Simon. I That's a question I wasn't prepared for because I've already listed three other things. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to say Black Phone, that uh, horror movie with Ethan Hawke yeah. and the kid. It's uh, directed by Scott Derrickson, who directed that first Doctor Strange movie, which is pretty damn good. And was supposed to direct the second one until he got mm-hmm. booted a little bit. Yeah. So it seems like. I know this movie, The Black Phone, is rated well. It's I feel like it's been delayed like a year at this point. Um, but yeah, something that I'm quite uh, stoked for as well. Sorry, when is that coming out? Sorry, did you just say that and I just missed it? Uh, June 24th. So it's uh, soon within a month. Yeah. Cool. That's an interesting one because, again, that felt like it was coming out like 10 times. Mm-hmm. We kept seeing the trailers like, I feel like last year, mid-year, and mm-hmm. then it never happened. COVID kind of happened. That did intrigue me. I do. I am curious about its prospects in the review department because of the fact that it was delayed so many times, but it does look great. Yeah. Like, Ethan Hawke is so good. So I'm curious about that one, too. And the what about you, Simon? From- what about you, Simon? From- Sorry. What about you, you Simon? Pl- yeah. Every time I say anything, <laughs> you just speak over me. What's happening here, Adrian? Um, I'm bringing it back, baby. I'm bringing back the segment where I interrupt you all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From episode, <laughs> from episode seventy-three. Excellent. Good yeah. work. Good work. Actually, really every episode. Mm-hmm. But regardless, the thing I'm most excited for for the end of 2022, other than, of course, the movie I just named, "Don't Worry, Darling," is probably. I got so many here that I could just say, but I, I'm going to say The Gray Man <gasps> because it, that trailer did look spectacular. And that's literally in July. And I didn't even realize it was going to be that soon because we talked about that on the podcast a long, not that, well, it was a long while ago, I guess for us, but it was, it was on the podcast. So like how long would it take to make that kind of a big budget movie? That's pretty quick. I feel like that they got that done because I feel like we talked about that a year ago. So yeah, we did. I don't know. That's very exciting. That that trailer looks really good, and the acting talent attached to it is phenomenal. And the Russo brothers are really great. So I am very excited for that. Yeah, me too, man. I'm stoked to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's it. That does bring our uh, regular scheduled programming to a close. Mm -hmm. Do you? uh, I'll I'll show it to Ken. Ken, do you have anything to say before we wrap this baby up? Uh, first, I've enjoyed the last hundred episodes, even the Scottish one. <laughs> oh, okay. And I love the both of you. And it, it's neat that whenever you have a, a something happening and I'm involved, it ends. Mm-hmm. Oh, like my marriage. I don't think. What? My marriage. You guys were married. I was, and then Ken got involved, and now I'm not anymore. <laughs> oh, you weren't married together. Sorry, I, I understood no. that you. No, as soon as we made it a three way, that. Screwed it all up. Yeah. Yeah, it usually does. She couldn't compare. <laughs> oh, damn. Okay, cool. Thank you, Ken. And we very much appreciate you, as we said a couple times on this podcast. We're getting a little, you know, we're getting a little uh, weepy. But um, yeah, we really appreciate you writing in every week. It's awesome. Like you you, you really, you are the the top contributor, obviously, but you, you've been with us and supported us the whole way through, through making this podcast. Sure. But also making previous, a previous podcast before. And so I very much appreciate it. 
Um, it's very kind of you, and we're glad to have you here mm-hmm. on episode 100. Well, one thing you guys have done, which I've, I've told you in person, but I don't think I've ever said on the podcast, is you make me think about stuff. Whether it's something I've already enjoyed or something that I haven't given a chance to, I'll hear what you guys are saying, and then I'll, I will stop and think about it and look at it in a new direction. So, hmm. Yeah, it's nice. So curse you for making me think. Oh, oh. Oh, okay. Didn't see that coming. But Adrian, do you have anything else to say before, to our audience, perhaps, before we wrap this guy up, before we wrap episode 100 up? Um, uh, for anyone that listened, thanks. Um, thank you, Ken, obviously, for contributing so much and coming in on this 100th episode. But uh, ultimately, I want to thank you, Simon. I want to thank you for being a great friend. I want to thank you for this 100-episode journey we've been on. I want to thank you for putting these shows together so consistently and and okay Ken got a clap going on uh, and I want to thank you again yeah putting the, the show together so consistently recording with me and um honestly I uh I, I've had a blast these past hundred episodes and I'm excited to continue um sounds like Ken's dealing with a home invader in the background Ken are you, are you good Ken you know um our friendship outside of this podcast. Maybe we'll talk, maybe we won't. I don't know, but we'll still go watch movies together, I presume. And maybe the occasional uh, closer look will do. Um, but I've, I've really enjoyed my time and uh, I enjoy being your friend and I love you. I love you too, Ken. Thank you. I love you as well. Thank you very much. Those are very nice words. And uh, yeah, again, I've had a blast doing this podcast too. It is it is a lot of work for me. So like there is a stress element certainly, but I have had a lot of fun making the episodes and uh it's certainly been a lot of laughs. And uh I appreciate you being the you know the comedian to my straight man, I guess. And we'll see where this goes from here. But I appreciate you as a friend as well. And again, I love you both. I feel like this has been a lot of us thanking each other throughout mm-hmm. the episode. Hopefully it doesn't come off as mostly just us thanking each other and the rest is Star Wars. But yeah, and thanking New Zealand. And- yeah. Number two podcast in New Zealand. I'm sure we'll keep that thrown. And yeah. And, and realistically, Simon, by the end of this episode, I don't even know if you can call yourself the straight man anymore because of how much thanks we gave each other. This is true. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't think of it that way. Shit. All right. Well, but can I say something? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. Yes. Now's the time. What the podcast does show is you both have a genuine love for uh, movies and media and food and games. But uh, no, definitely your, your love for uh, entertainment shows through. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. Well, I suppose that's about it. So, audience. Thank you for listening to the 100th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter and Kenneth Stadelbauer signing off. It's the last one. Perfect timing. I'll let this play out, and I'll sign off. Yeah. You're going to let the whole chimes play out? <laughs> Yeah. Rise of Skywalker really was a bad movie. It was, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we want to end it on that note, but... Don't worry, I'll end it on a more positive note. Batman v Superman is a goddamn good movie. He also hated Rise of Skywalker. And you know what else is a gosh damn good movie? Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City, Town, Village, all the villages. What Resident Evil, good movie. It's now streaming on Amazon Prime here in Canada. Watch it. Well, that statement's questionable, but Batman vs. Superman is a good movie. <laughs> Goodbye. Whittles. Take care. Goodbye. Never.
Yeah, 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 yeah.